We'll break out your gold ties, cocktail dresses, ladies and gents. Love it or hate it, transfer deadline day is a buzz for fans of every club, whether they be chasing Champions League glory, restoring enthusiasm after a stalled start, or plugging gaps in obviously sinking ships. Um, fair to say, many town fans would probably slot us in the middle category tonight. Uh, Premier League clubs have already spent a record 1.6 billion on players this summer, going into Thursday's transfer deadline, and that amount is set to rise even further in the closing stages of this window as I speak. BBC Sport have said that the increase in spending comes after two consecutive summers shadowed by COVID pandemic's impact on clubs' income, in which the total fees had dipped to $1.1 billion last year. Well, more has been spent in summer 2022 than in the last, so last season's summer and winter windows combined. 17 players have so far been signed by Premier League clubs alone, each of them for a reported fee of more than £30 million, which compares to just eight during the 2021 transfer window. So the key times for us tonight, guys, to keep your eyes open, um, football, Premier League and Football League teams is 11 o'clock British Standard Time, uh, British Summer Time, sorry. Thursday, um, we've got the Scottish deadline an hour later. In Spain, where Barcelona have been spending money like it's going out of fashion, um, their deadline is going to be uh, 11 o'clock our time. In France, it's going to be 10 o'clock our time. Italy's window shuts at 7 o'clock, however, so already done. And Germany's deadline's already done as well, so 5 o'clock. Well, there's a big old team delivering a Swindon Town transfer window uh, for you tonight. Um, we are going to be bringing you all the news from um, my colleague Joe. Uh, Ellis is going to be joining us. Um, we've got Max. We've got Archie. We've even got a reporter at the county ground in Mike Yavutz, who's going to be hanging around the car park doing his very, very best um, at, uh, um, attempt to avoid any blue dildos being pushed into his ear. Um, you've got myself here from uh, Sir Tom Broadbent uh, Lounge Towers, and Gabs is going to be joining us as well. He's been keeping a keen eye on all things meltdown, but it gets even better than that because we've got celebrity guests on the panel with us tonight. We've got Paul Caddis going to be joining us shortly. Delighted to be introducing Simon Cox. And in about half an hour, Charlie Austin is also going to be popping by. Um, all of those guys are going to be in a position to talk to us about their own trials and tribulations uh, on transfer deadline day. It would only be right and proper and polite of me to start by introducing Simon, who's waiting by for us. Simon, how are you, buddy? I'm good, mate. How are you? Oh, yeah. Well, things are just starting to hot up, mate, in Swindon Townland. I don't know if you've been monitoring our transfers. We've uh, we've just, well, we had two signings announced just before we went live, and a third one um, wow. has just happened as well, and we've wow. just signed a goalkeeper. But we're told that there is a, a potential cherry on top of the ice cream for us as well. So, what? but what do you make, Simon? What a window this has been. It's been bonkers, hasn't it? Oh, he's 18. Hello, Simon. Have we lost you, mate? Right. While we try and reconnect with Simon, I'm going to do my best to see. Let's see if we can get the host back on. Uh, Joe, can you hear me loud and clear, buddy? I can indeed, mate. Yep. Hello, mate. Um, I think we're having a few issues just trying to get Simon back online. Max, good evening. You're with us, are you, pal? Good evening, mate. Yeah. In a world, can hear everything. Lovely job. Uh, we've got Gabs. How are you, Gabs? I hope you're going to be singing, singing along with us tonight. Oh, I don't know about that. We'll have to wait and see. 
Mate, you've been singing in our WhatsApp group all day, so I'm going to insist on some singing later if we, uh, if we end get, up doing something you might get spectacular. An, you might get an Aubameyang blood cut from me. In a bit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll and we've got Ellis. How are you, Ellis? Evening. I'm good, thank you. Lovely job. Well, listen, in, in, guys, as you all well know, because we're all on the same WhatsApp group, our host at the county ground has had minor battery issues. So he's just shot off to stick a little bit of charge in the battery. Mike's going to be joining us shortly. But Mike's already told us that there's been some rather mercurial comings and going from the county ground tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to get it anywhere any quicker than the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge tonight. So stick tight with us. Um, see if we can get Coxie back online. Sorry, but can you hear us, buddy? Yeah, I'm here, mate. Yeah, I don't know. Some The uh, the, the mouse is not running around the uh, Wi-Fi wheel too quickly around it. <laughs> Don't worry about that, Coxie. Well, listen, like, listen, Coxie, I was saying that if you were to take a view across the board of the transfer window, I mean, I kind of summarised it at the start, 111 billion or so last year. Or so, and then we've got something like well, 100, 170 this time around. Absolutely obscene figures. It's all gone bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's stupid, mate. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and to be honest, I was thinking this a minute ago that some of the players that are going for ridiculous amounts of money aren't even worth it either. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, they, there's clubs are just play are paying well over the odds for for players right now, and that's and that's because they've got surplus amounts of money uh, sat there waiting to be spent, and it just means that like the selling club is always in is going to be in the driving seat, so. It's yep. uh, it's it's just gone. It's just gone ridiculous, mate. I'll be honest, and, and it's it's something that's obviously everybody likes to see. It, it obviously helps the, the the players. You know, you get to demand more wages and everything else, and it obviously helps the selling clubs because they get more money in the doors for them to reinvest in in whatever they want. But the numbers are just ridiculous. Yeah, and we're sort of stuck as football fans in this current climate, aren't we? Because on one hand. There's nothing more exciting, whether you like it or hate it. There's nothing more exciting than the transfer deadline day with, you know, the hope that you're gonna, your club's going to be out there splashing the cash. But yet, on the other hand, on a, on a human level, um, I mean, appreciate football's an entertainment business, but then we're also entering into, a, oh, you know, one of the worst financial, certainly the worst financial sort of backdrop, that, you know, in, in living memory, certainly in my lifetime. And at one point, what was the figure that I quoted? One point over one point six billion pounds being spent in football alone. It's you can't escape that moral that moral discussion, can we? As as, as much of a, I mean, I try. I want to try and avoid being a killjoy, but yeah, it makes the figure even more obscene in the current climate, Simon, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does, and and you know, you can't you can't look at um, you you can't look at everybody else's sort of financial situation. You obviously have to take the Premier League as 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 a you know, sort of separate entity in itself, um, because of the money that Sky put in, because of of how much they sort of charge other um, TV stations to to broadcast their, the games, they're able to to distribute that money down the football pyramid. Obviously, they give the the Premier League, um, you know, the amounts of money that they do, and that's why bringing in people like uh, with Man City having countries and states own own them it allows them to then go out and spend loads of money Chelsea have obviously bought in an American consortium who, who owns LA Dodgers so you know, right, these, yep. th- these are the things that are just now going to be uh, the norm now um, 
So you have to just sort of take it with a pinch of sort of the numbers that are being branded around. And I think, obviously, if you look at what the numbers were 15, 20 years ago, then you take into the, you know, the inflation prices and everything else. I think you're probably still on the same sort of track, which is, uh, which is probably about right. So it just, uh, it just, it just sort of beggars belief a little bit of some of the numbers that are being branded around right now. And, and Simon, you're one of your old clubs, Nottingham Forest. Uh, I mean, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? In that Scott Parker's lost his job at Bournemouth um, and was crying out for, you know, a, a few coins to rub together in comparative levels to what Forest is splashing about. And a Greek ship in Magneto Forest has pretty much reinvented the entire playing staff. I mean, that, that must be mind-boggling for you. A, a club that obviously you know so well. That must be mind-boggling watching him doing what he's doing to keep, you know, to have a shot of staying up. I hate what he's doing. I really do. I, I, I absolutely despise it because he's basically gone out and bought 22 new players. And I, and I understand that he's gone, you know, they had five or eight uh, loan players last year and they had to replace them. I get that. I understand that. And that means they've still gone out and bought in like 14, 15 players. And that's that's just ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Like because some of the players that they're signing aren't even going to play. Plus, you've also mm. got the lads in that who were are still at the football club from last year, who done really well, got them promoted, everything else. Not even going to get a chance, you know. And, and I just I sometimes look at it and think, at least, you know. And I know it's I know it's not a sort of fairy tale ending, but at least with Bournemouth, a lot of their players are being given a chance to play, whether they're good enough or not good enough that's fine, you know, and they will end up having to spend probably in January, depending on what their uh, their club ethos is for this year and whether they want to stay up or don't. Um, but Forrest have just basically gone, you know, the, um, the the owners using the money that he generates from Olympiacos, the 100 million you get from, from getting promoted, and he's basically just gone out and gone, I'm going to get everybody. Yeah. And he, and he has done that as well. Hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he has, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, look, I'll try, I'll, Simon, I, mean, I don't know how close you've been watching um, sort of as moves have been unfolding at the county ground today. But as, as we speak, um, well, at the start of the day, uh, there was a lot of talk that Swindon Town are in desperate need of a new striker. All the, all the gossip has been Harry McCurdy to Hibbs. Um, and by all accounts, um, if the reports have been to be believed, Harry McCurdy's been up in um, Edinburgh today. Uh, we don't know. That's all speculation. Um, what uh, I mean, we've, we've confirmed, we've just confirmed, like I say, an Irish under-19 under goalkeeper. We've also confirmed um, a former Aston Villa starlet who was out at Paphos in Cyprus, a lad called um, Rashawn Hepburn Murphy. And we've also signed one of um, uh, uh, Jose Mourinho's uh, former protégés from Spurs um, and from his time at Chelsea, and Marcel Lavinier, who's a, a right back. Um, but I'll take your really interested in, in having a conversation with you, Simon, about the, the circumstances around Mr. McCurdy, because as things stand, Harry's still not left the county ground. Obviously, we, we all know him to be a complex character, scores a lot of goals. So goals are always going to make you sought after. But he sort of carries a certain level of baggage around with him as well. Um, the big question, Simon, is if you were in the manager's hot seat at the county ground, would you be? Would he be a player you'd be looking to cash in on at this stage of the season, um, or is he somebody you'd be holding on to for uh, for for grim life? What would you rather do? Uh, well, first and foremost, 
I would be looking at if he was to leave, if his desire was to leave and go and go up to Scotland and play up there um, with Hibs. I wouldn't be letting him leave unless I knew I was able to sort of re, you know, spend that money on getting somebody else in. Um, and he he wouldn't be leaving my sight until, you know, his replacement through the door. Obviously, you yeah. have to then you have to then you know understand his desire because if he wants to leave, then there's no sometimes there's no point in having someone who doesn't want to be at your football club at your football club. Um, yeah. So there's there's sort of two or three things I would look at really. His desire, obviously, whether you are able to spend the money or not, uh, and if you are, then don't let him leave until you've basically spent the money. Um, and if it, and if you're not able to let him go, then don't let him go. Um, so. He he is he is someone like you say. His goals obviously did really well last year. Got a lot of goals last year. Um, he was obviously unfortunate with his penalty missing in in the Port Vale uh, semi final. So, um, but I, I just think that goal scorer is always going to be the the focal point of of transfer deadline days. Um, and I, I'd find it a bit of a strange move to for him to go up there. Um, you know, again, like I say, if he if his desire is to move up there and go up there and and test himself, um, then yeah, it, I guess that's, that's sort of as long as you as long as you've got bodies in the building uh, before he leaves, then I think you'd be fine. From from your looking back over your career, Simon, you had a long and illustrious career. You operated at multiple levels. Obviously, played overseas as well. Uh, played international football. Did you had you ever played with a with a character that would be sort of akin to Harry, uh, Harry McCurdy? Uh, and if so, what uh, you know, how how what sort of a, an impression do they actually have? Like these sort of maverick footballers, what sort of impact do they do they actually have in the dressing room? Is there anyone that you could compare? Well, I had Nile Ranger, and obviously Swindon have had Nile Ranger as well. Yeah, um, and he he comes with lots of baggage. Um, in that in that sense, where you know his his timekeeping's a little bit off, and obviously his 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 uh, personal life is is a little bit all over the place compared to what what you probably should be living as a as a professional footballer. So you have to come up with with answers for people like him, um, yeah. and not always are you going to get it right. Um, but then you're going to get people who, who believe that they are, you know, the the dogs bollocks, and and they and they want to be the, you know, the one who comes in late every day and and leaves early every day. But as long as they do the business for you, um, you, when you I think of people like Adele Tarat, um at QPR, and by all accounts, I mean I know a lot of people who played with him. He basically didn't train. And Harry Redknapp allowed him to get away with absolute murder, um, but because he was producing absolute gold dust on a on a week on a weekend, yeah. he got he got away with it. So yeah. it's in in those sort of circumstances. As long as I, I wouldn't like that as a as a as a manager, I wouldn't have those people in my team because I just don't think you can trust them enough. Um, especially if they're not producing for you, then all of a sudden it's it's everybody's out to to you know, out for, for blood against them. So, um, yeah, there, there are, t- there are times you can, you, you can get away with it, but not all the time. Right. You are. Well, look, Simon, as we've been speaking, um, 
just had my attention drawn to um, is that a confirmation of Sutton, Sutton United um, <laughs> announcing that they're about to make a signing and the rumour was we're going to lose Wardy to them so Lewis, Lewis, Lewis Ward, Ward Simon obviously yeah, Lewis Ward, it's looking like Lewis Ward is about to be announced um, at Gander Green Lane down at Sutton. I mean, Simon, it's an interesting one, what you're saying about um, going back to Harry McCurdy, because as, uh, I mean, we'll do a quick straw poll of, of the guys that are on my panel here tonight. Um, he, obviously, we've got off to a difficult, we've had a difficult start to the season at Swindon. Um, obviously, we've only got one de- one defeat in the league, but... It's all it's all been draws apart from the one win against who we all believe is going to be the league's whipping boys in Rochdale, and then Harry's um, fallen foul of disciplinary issues, much like last season. But clearly the authorities are coming down on players like a ton of bricks this year, and they've not you know been very very quick to dish out both a ban and then extend his ban after um, he was found uh, guilty of uh, soiling a referee suit, shall we say, or dressing room <laughs> with a with a with a protein drink yeah. um, after he's sending off against Salford. So. It was obviously last season when he was banging the goals in. There were there were you know there were rumours that he's you know he's obviously his behaviour, his conduct is a little bit different. Um, maybe along the lines of some of the players that you've described, but he was absolutely adored because obviously we're gunning at the top end of the year, uh, top end of the league. This season, of course, we've had um, he's only hit obviously he's hit the two goals. He's found himself suspended. Um, he's found himself on the wrong side of the um, of the authorities. Um, and young Mr McCurdy has sort of found himself in a position where Swindon fans are, are kind of split down the middle, really, with some people saying they'd be willing to see a, a, someone that was a talisman last year go, and others saying they'd be willing to stay. So, I mean, I'm going to try and bring the boys on at this stage. Um, I mean, Gabs, I'll, I'll start with you, mate, if, you, if you're still listening in and you want to unmute. Um, Harry McCurdy, based on some of the things that Simon's saying, uh, the financial interest that there is in um, repu- reportedly in Mr. McCurdy. Does he stay or does he go in your book, Gabs? To be honest, I'm not first time away. I think he's an asset to us. You know, he's got, you know, he's in the last year of his contract. So if he goes, great, because it means we can get money out of him. But also for other clubs, he's only really done it for one season in his career. It is a bit of a risk pain for him when he's out of contract in the, se- when he's out of contract in the season. And if he has another season, Another good season, you can go for free. So I don't know why Hibs are jumping the gun, especially because they let Christian George go on loan as well. It looks a bit silly now, and they haven't got managed to sign McCurdy. It does, doesn't it? And, and also, Gabs, the kind of money that they're talking about for McCurdy. I mean, for us, that's a fairly princely sum. You know, if Hibs come up with like three, four hundred thousand pounds for a lead two, um, a lead two striker that. You know, really, he's only had one decent season in his career to date that he can really speak of. That's that's good money for us, right? I'm pretty sure that it was the same fee as what Deutsch left Forest Green for. Yeah. And, um, well, obviously, Mr. Vince's got a bit of pocket, a bit of um, money behind him, so I think he took the instalments at the time. Aye. Right. All right, so yes, yes or no, Gabs? Do you keep him or do you sell him? Oof, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a sore bum on the fence here. Because I could see perks of keeping them, especially if this signing, who he thinks coming in, is coming in. I think they can link up very well. But on the other hand, once January comes around, you know, a few months left of his contract, I wouldn't say get rid, but I dangle the the carrot for other clubs to buy him. Right, you are. All right, Arch. How about you? Do we yes, keep him? Do we keep him or do um, we let him go? I mean, at the start at the start of kind of today, thoughts were, um, I'd quite like you know, quite like to keep him. Um, but then again, the rumours obviously started coming out of like the the price tag we were being offered for him, and then obviously the rumours of players coming in um, as replacements. And it's kind of 
for for what it's worth, especially with the fact, like, if we're bringing in a player that could potentially replace a good portion of the goals that McCurdy would give, um, especially with the way that Jacob Wakeling has kicked off this um, this season. For me, throughout the day, it kind of became more of a, you know, I'd be more inclined to let him go, but only if we stood firm. Obviously, when rumours of like a cut price deal came out, it was kind of like, well, there's not, not really much of a point. Um, and then, obviously, we want the money up front, in my opinion. So it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's that for me. There's been a lot of speculation. For those that aren't aware, there's been a lot of speculation that Hibernian are attempting to renegotiate a fee or talk about instalments and so on and so forth. That's what you're referring to, Arch? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so yes or no, Arch, do you keep him or do you sell him? For the right price, you sell him. And what's the right price? Well, I mean, um, anywhere. I mean, obviously, rumours have been around like 300000 up. Um, what's the right price, Arch? I, uh, I can't. I don't own a football club. What's I, the right I, price, Arch? I, I don't own a football club. I can't. I can't. Dive what's the right? Oh, come on. <laughs> What you, what's the um, right price? There's a lot of fence sitting on here. There is a lot of fence sitting, um, Coxie. It's an absolute disgrace. Three, three, three hundred thousand in the Tesco Neil deal. Three hundred thousand in the Tesco. All right, fair dues. Ellis, I'll bring you in at this stage. Um, obviously, you're you're acutely aware of uh, the 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 talismanic presence of a young Harry McCurdy. Um, do we sell him? Do we let him go? Where are you sat at the moment? I would like to keep him. Um, on the basis that he wants to stay. If if he if he genuinely wants wants to leave Swindon, then uh, I think sell him. But you know, if he if he's not if he's not too fussed, then um, I'd like to keep him because you just can't. You it, it's hard to replace twenty three goals a season. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I'll tell you what, Ellis, I mean, I want to pick up on the kind of discord that's been whipped up around Harry this year because I, I mentioned that our, our fan base on, on the socials does appear to be a little bit divided around Harry because you've got this, obviously, you've got the goals, you've got the performances, you know, you've got the just the sheer entertainment factor, all the things that I absolutely love about Harry McCurdy. But then there also seems to be a willingness for our fans to paint a picture of a Harry McCurdy as someone that, you know, he's, he's uh, disengaged from, from the fans, doesn't particularly like the club. You know, for him, it's a bit of a job. Um, I mean, you know, Harry made some comments in um, our end of year um, awards last year where, you know, he talked about the fact that he was just amazed to be at Swindon because he just needed to get a job. Um, so, but, I mean, those were said clearly sort of firmly tongue in cheek, but, but people seize on that sort of narrative, don't they? And sort of, you know, make up their own thoughts as to whether or not he's, he's happy to be here. Um, so, Simon, I wanted, based on, on what I'm just saying, I want to get your, your opinion as, a, as, a, as an ex-pro, a very recent ex-pro. During your career, were there lads that you played with that, that didn't have that love for football or didn't have a love for the fans, where it was just a job for them? Yeah, loads. Loads, I'll be honest. Yeah, there was the thing is a lot of a lot of players see the job that will see football as as a job. They do that's what they do. Some some see it as their be all and end all, um, and it it just depends on on you know what type of person, what type of character you are, how you sort of been brought up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know I know a lot of people who don't like football who are footballers as well. Yeah. So it's, uh, which is quite sort of well known within the game that there's a lot of them um, who, who just don't like the game. 
Um, but get really well paid for it and uh, and see it as uh, as what it is. And Simon, do you is is that something that sort of creeps up on some of these lads, or is that something that you think these guys have always lived with? Because obviously, as as fans, we've got that romantic notion that these lads come to our club. You know, they we all know that they're, they're, they're earning a crust. That's their living. Um, you know, we like to think that you know the chest pumping, the kissing of the badge, and all of that jazz. But is I mean, as a, as a young kid, I I remember running around in the park. It was the one thing that you know you just my parents couldn't stop me from doing. It was really part of. Of, of you know of what makes me as a personality and the idea that sort of these guys end up just doing it as a job is that do you think there's a consequence of parents pushing them into football or is it a consequence of just the blows and rigors of the professional game what what leads players to a point where you feel that they don't actually sort of they don't actually love the game as in a way that fans would hope they would well you go from doing what you just said and kicking a ball back with your mates to doing it to provide and put food on the table. Um, mm. And the difference between doing it with your mates, nobody across any social media platform or any media platform at all is giving you umpteen amount of stick or, or, or liking you and loving you for, for a certain period. And then if it goes particularly wrong for one reason or another, then they're then they're giving you, you know, loads of sticks. So that's that's probably why people then turn around to at football clubs or at a stage of their career and just go, do you know what? It's now just about, you know, signing as for as long as possible, putting as much money in uh, and and as much food on the table as I possibly can, giving a a, a life a lifestyle for my family. And whatever happens outside of it, I'm not really that bothered. And I, and there, there's probably a lot of people who who sort of get to that stage quite quickly now, I guess, in football. Yeah, understood. So I mean, um, Ellis, just sort of going back to you, buddy, and, and bringing you back online, hearing what what Simon's had to say about him, sir, about sort of you know certain footballers such such like. Does that affect your thinking? I mean, but that it would be wrong of me to just naturally assume that that's where where Harry's head's at at this stage of his career, but. I mean, I paint a picture of a lad that obviously Chelsea season ticket holder. Um, you know, we 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 see him attending Chelsea games as opposed to um, you know attending Swindon Town, like you know, sort of close proximity to Swindon matches. Is is this? Do you think we should just sort of like say, look, for for better or for worse, and and just be not allow that romantic notion of footballers loving our football club to affect how we feel about whether they stay or go, or does that does that affect your mindset at all, Ellis? Um. Well, not not particularly because at the end of the day, going back to Harry, if he uh, if he's scoring the goals, whether whether he sees it as a job or not, I'm not too fast. If it gets us out of League Two, then um, then crack on. Mm. Like, um, there's no there's there's no other character like like Harry McCurdy in the team. He, he when when he's got the ball, you just don't know what he's going to do with it, and it's just that that little bit of character that that adds to the game, a little bit of excitement. And so rare as well, Ellis, isn't he? In the yeah, yeah, game, yeah. So, so rare to have such a throwback. I mean, you know, the guy sort of transcends the 80s and back into the 70s with some of those characters. Um, you know, the sort of players that... I mean, I started watching football in the mid-80s. 
and and lads by the name of you know like Robin Friday, Frank Worthington, all these kind of guys. You 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 seldom get those kind of characters talked about in the modern game. Harry very much kind of fits that mould, doesn't he? So so your attitude is you know ir- irrespective of the of the baggage, he scores goals, he entertains. It sounds to me, Ellis, that you're going to say we keep him at all costs. Yeah, I mean, if we have that replacement there that can that, that can score those goals and can get twenty plus goals a season, then obviously I'd I'd, I'd pick that player, a, a player that would actually, you know, want to play. But yeah. if if Harry's if Harry's performing every week, um, and if he if he's not sulking about, um, then I, I we've got to play him. Is yeah. that is that something that he's going to be like though? You know, if he doesn't yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Like that, that's the question though. Is he going to come, if if this deal don't come through? Is he going to come back and is he going to be a different player and not want to play? Yeah, that that that, that is the big thing. I think uh, this is why like deadline day is such a tricky sort of set of business rules because when players don't get their move on deadline day, then you have to then you know have to mould them, you have to keep them happy for the next sort of four or five months leading up to January, depending on whether you play them or they don't play, whether they want to be there, they kick up a fuss, their happiness, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And I don't know, listen, I don't know his character, but um, by all accounts, he, like, you know, we've mentioned here on here tonight that if he is that little bit of a maverick, then is he the one person that you don't really want around your, your dressing room if he doesn't get his move? And, and you've also got issues, I'm guessing, Simon, as well. If, for example, if say the instruction from or the the arrangement, for want of a better word, between him and his agent is such that look, we're going to run our contract down here. We're going to look to move as a free agent in the summer um, and sort of cash in that way. The issue there, of course, all very Jerry Maguire. This, but you know, the the risk of getting injured. You know, does that mean you know that's going to affect their psyche in terms of you know how they apply themselves? I mean, again, Simon, I'm not asking you to name names, but do you ever find yourself over the course of your career playing with people where their contracts were running down and you could tell that they were just doing their damnedest to not get injured? Is that a thing, would you say? I don't think I don't think that that was never uh, something that happened to any of the players that I ever played with. Um, a lot of people, a lot of players that I played with were would run their contracts down um, purely and simply because it's you know it's financially better for them. Um, but I would never, never see them, you know, pulling out of tackles or not putting themselves up for selection because they, they thought they would get injured. Because you know, if you spend four, five months, six months of of not playing, then all of a sudden the clubs and that that you're not, uh, the clubs and that that were meant to be interested in you probably aren't interested in you. So it uh, it makes it a little bit hard for for players to not put themselves up for selection. I mean, it's a very, very interesting one with Swindon Town in mind, Simon. I mean, moving away from Harry McCurdy, um, Tyree Simpson obviously played for us last season. Um, he was on loan for the, for half of the season, was well on track for having a 20-goal season, and Ipswich have, have, have essentially recalled him um, at, the turn of, at the turn of the year. Um, and he's gone back and basically sat in the stiffs. Um, and he's ended up, it's worked for him, he's ended up sort of getting himself an absolutely amazing transfer to Huddersfield, despite yeah. the fact he's hardly kicked a ball since April. So I guess it is a little bit swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Is that, do you feel like clubs will will always tend to go, well, look, class is permanent, um, or, <laughs> or, or or take a punt on a young lad like Tyrese, who's clearly got loads of ability, and say, look, his fitness will always come back. I mean, 
that was, you know, for I think for most winner fans, the reason I'm talking about Tyrese on, we were all hoping we were going to end up seeing him back at the club. He's ended up getting a jump up two divisions, and as you say, off to Huddersfield he goes. Yeah, I think like, I uh, I watched a couple of games for and, and watched him play, and big, strong uh, centre forward hold up play was was okay. You know, I, I could see him doing doing well. Um, obviously, Ipswich are, are bringing in loads of players this summer, um, especially in his position. So, because they don't want to be in League One uh, for much longer, they want to be back up in the Championship. So, um, so they basically sort of brought in players in his position, moved him on. The fact that he's ended up getting a move into the Championship, I think, is a little bit um, a little bit strange. But obviously. The owner and the manager of, of Huddersfield have obviously seen something that they're willing to to whether it's part money or whether he's uh, he's gone on a free. I don't know, but he, uh, he they've obviously seen something in him that they that they think he can uh, he can add value to. Um, so mm. it can it can work out that way. Some people it's not lucky, but it, some people get a bit fortunate in that situation, and some. Some don't, and and he's he's you know reaped the rewards of that. So Simon, you've obviously been in the position where you've had a move on transfer deadline day. You made your move from Reading to Swindon Town on deadline day. Um, what I mean, particularly stressful transfers for you at the time, um, or was was it just one of those things that it, it just happened to be that day? You know, what what was the sort of story behind that move? Do you do you recall? I appreciate we're going back a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Uh... Because obviously I was there on loan, weren't I? And then uh, and uh, then signed. And I remember Morris Malpass phoning me, and he was he was telling me, you know, going through the deal with me and everything else, and and how the deal was going to be structured, and and all of this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was on I was on my way down, and I had uh, I had Northampton phoning me as well, and I remember being in the car park, and I was on the phone to Northampton, and. And it was all a little bit like you know the the love and the and the fact that I had uh, played at Swindon made me want to stay because I had the rapport, I had you know the the connection with the the players and the and and the owners and the, and the fans and stuff. And it was it was one of those where that was what brought me over the line. Um, the the deals were pretty similar, so it made you know it wasn't as if like. One was offering me X and one was offering me Y. It was they were pretty much the same deal. So um, it wasn't. I, I wasn't <clears throat> late in the day either. So it wasn't as if like uh, it wasn't if as if like I was the, at the eleventh hour. I was pretty. I was done pretty quickly, which was quite nice. Yeah, gotcha. Well, all right, Joe. Bring you back in at this stage, fella. We're just talking. We'll, we'll dip back into the Harry McCurdy situation. I think so far we've got an Ellis saying a keep. I pretty much think we've got Gab saying we've got to keep. Archie saying, well, you're only going to let him go if we're getting mega bucks. Where, where's your head at, mate? In the Because uh, as we still speak, there is still no word from Edinburgh or otherwise about Harry McCurdy. What are your thoughts? To be honest, mate, I at the start of the day, I was probably in the cell camp. Um, obviously, Harry was amazing for us last season. He's a bit of a cult hero at the town, and I don't think that will ever change. Um, but if the rumoured incoming that we're getting to replace him is coming in, I think he works perfectly with Jake Wakelin. Um, and as we touched upon earlier on, you know, Harry's the type of person that I think he gets 
he can get into a rut quite easily. I'm not sure we've seen it at Swindon just yet, but we've seen it at former clubs where he's he's got himself into a rut. He gets into a mood and he's just not the same player. He, he turns a bit toxic, if you like, historically. Um, so, yeah, at the start of the day, I'd have been full on, yeah, sell him. Now, if I'm being completely honest, I don't want us to send to Hibs because Hibs are just pissed us around. Um, I'd find it quite funny if we sold him to Hearts for a cut price fee. So, yes or no, Joe? Sell. At the minute, sell, but just not to Hibs. Find someone else. Yeah, sell, but not to Hibs. Max, I'll bring you in then, buddy. Certainly not last but not least, because we should be joined by our in, our intrepid um, <laughs> um, uh, Michael from the county ground shortly. But where's your head at, buddy? Keep. Just, you know, there's going to be goals there, and we just got to get out of this league. I know, I know that, like, the numbers being placed table are good, but... You'll get that money just from away fan gate receipts in League One. I think the longer we stay in this league, that money's going to do us not a lot of good because it's all well and good having like a decent chunk of money, but it's whether you can attract decent enough players to be able to spend it. Do you think he'll be the same player, Max, though? Do you think he'll come back and obviously we've made him travel up to Edinburgh today to go and have a medical? He's probably, well, we don't know what the contract was, but you'd assume he's earning more money at Hibs or supposedly was meant to. Is he going to be the same player? Is he going to come back and be the Harry McCurdy of last year? Or is he going to be a bit pissed off and off? I feel like his agent will be up in the words room that, right, you've got a knuckle down, just have a good season now because he'll, he will, cause he'll make more money on the open market if he does go on a free in the summer. So yeah, if, if this move falls through, I think in terms of money, he will probably end up getting more. But obviously, if he does slump around, he, he, I don't think he can afford to have to slump and, and sulk around. I think he's got a knuckle down and put himself in the shot window for the free agent market. Yeah, I think town fans have got to um, gather around him as well, haven't we? Obviously on Saturday, yeah, sing his name, plays the cop. Yeah, he's, he did score a lot of goals last year. And, and to be fair, I think a lot of us were surprised that he didn't leave us in the sum, that he hasn't left us yet anyway. Yeah. So I think having him there is a bonus. And even if he doesn't hit 20-yard goals, you've seen the way he links well with Wakeling. I think they'll if they're both playing together, they'll both hit 10, 15 goals, which... I don't think you can sniff out, really. I think, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. I think the, 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 the keeps just about shade it. But I think, obviously, Simon's raised uh, some really, really interesting points about, you know, the kind of watch outs for, for dealing with egos um, and, and the potential kind of hurdles. And again, we've discussed the kind of pluses and, and minuses. I think my, from, for, for what it's worth, I think, I'm, I don't know, I'm just an old football romantic, always have been. I would be of the opinion that if he doesn't want to be here um, and if, you know, he's going to risk us losing him for losing him for free, then I would just, I would, I would see about getting a deal done on the proviso that we've got somebody else walking back through the door. Um, thank you, Rachel, who's just texting to uh, tell us that Rachel will also be wanting us to sell uh, Harry McCurdy. But then we're also hearing from H the Duck, who's tweeted in and said that we should be keeping him. Um, I think on the whole, um, we'll keep that debate going until we know, um, well, certainly that's, we, we, we will change tack ever so slightly and we'll, we'll dip back into the transfer market across our group. But 
I think until we get uh, the nod either way, it's going to be a fairly constant uh, debate um, that's going to be ongoing. Rachel, good evening. Um, lovely to see you join the speakers. Hello. You just said sell him. Yeah. What's your thinking? <laughs> yeah, I just think he's, he's too much out for himself now. I think, you know, he, he thought he was going, so his heart would have been gone, really. And I know I'm quite vocal about some of the stuff he puts on social media. I just don't think he's a team player. No, in the main, and I know that you know that might be unfair in some aspects, but um, no, I think his head would have gone. So I would sell as long as we can get the replacement in that we think is coming. <clears throat> excuse me, then yeah, I would get rid of him or well, sell him. That sounded a bit harsh. Sorry, sell him. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, listen, and also Nathan's just text to say we got to keep him. Uh, ignore Rachel. Uh, we've got to. We've Fair got, enough. We've got to keep. We have got to no. keep our goal scorers. I don't think it's not in it well, anymore. I just don't think it will be. But you know, as long as we get a decent replacement, which I think is coming tonight, fingers crossed, then I would. Yeah, I'd take the risk. I'd sell him. Well, Rachel, I'll tell you, I'll just put another thing to you. And again, like Simon, please feel free to sort of, you know, add your thoughts to this. But we, we don't tend, in terms of sort of maverick skills and, you know, and, and whatnot, we don't tend to have a huge amount to cheer about in League 2, Rachel, do we? So it's it's a, is this a little bit of, we're kind of, we're a bit entitled and maybe a little bit spoiled at Swindon Town, that we're not, we're not willing to accept that we've really got a, a kind of precious jewel here. Is, do you think he's someone that in, in six months' time will look back and go, Carl, what were we thinking? You know, how do you feel about that, Rachel? Like, do you just do you just think at the end of the day, listen, we need to be, just realise we're in League Two. We are lucky to have a player that brings what Harry brings to the table in League Two. So let's just let's just let's just make the most of it. Yeah, and he has been a joy to watch, hasn't he? You know, in some instances, I'm not I'm not saying he hasn't, but for me, he's just out for himself too much now. I think he will be. I think, you know, thinking that he was going today to try and bring that back with, with Zachary perhaps would be quite hard to do. Um, and he's had one proven season, hasn't he? So it's quite hard to say whether, you know, how this season will go. But, um, yeah, no, just for me, it's his personal opinion. I would I would sell. You would sell. Well, Kevin, Kevin's also agreeing with you on Twitter. Kevin's also saying sell him. Uh, Tom's making a very, very interesting point. Tom says, it makes me laugh how many fans talk about players as if they know them personally. And I guess that's kind of to the point, Simon, that we I was saying to you, isn't it? Like, as football fans, we become attached to players based on what we see on the pitch, like the score, you know, the wonderful moments of skill, like wonderful goals, etc. Um, I mean, there is that adage. I was told, I mean, I was very, very lucky. I, I worked in football for a good period of my, my professional career. Um, and someone said to me right at the start of my football career, like, be careful what you wish for, never meet your heroes. And it's amazing how many people that I thought would end up being really, really lovely people based on things I've seen on the pitch ended up being absolute rotters to talk to. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I hope you're not putting me in that category. <laughs> no, quite the opposite, I assure you. <laughs> nah, you're right, though. Um, pick up something that Rachel was saying there, though. I think, like, what you know, in terms of selling him, I think there's there's two ways to look at it. If you sell him now and you get 300 grand and you get a replacement in the, in the door, you've made yourself 300 grand and you've obviously got someone who potentially could come in and score your goals as well. You wait, you wait four or five months till January and he's not done really well and then you try to sell him there and then all of a sudden you're looking at someone either not wanting to buy him or if you're buying him, you're buying him for a lot less money than 300 if you can get 300 for him. Yeah. If he if he kicks up a fuss and he doesn't do well and he leaves on at the end of the season on a free, then you could have sold him for, for 300 or 
or a little bit more, uh, a little bit less in in January, and he didn't do well because he was he, you know, he wasn't happy that he stayed and he should have signed in, uh, it, on deadline day to to him. So it, you know, it can work a lot of ways in, in that sense. I would be, and what you say about being a romantic. In terms of football, you do get um, fans, and rightly so. It's, it's what football's all about, you know. You you like the you like the idea of of you know seeing the goals go in and and people putting their bodies on the line and and you know the pumping of the chest and all that sort of stuff and 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 you fall in love with players because they they want to represent your football club, you know, well and and properly. The fact is, is that especially the lower, the lower level you go down, every football club, and to be fair, even you know some clubs in the Premier League, every club is a selling club, because mm. ultimately, if somebody comes in for one of your players with a, an amount um, that your owner or your chairman or or your manager deems to be acceptable, all of a sudden that player is out the door. So, regardless of how you know how. Um, you know, loved by the fans or adored by the fans or hated by the fans that that person is. So it, you just get, that's just the way that football and, and the pyramid of football works. And, and unfortunately, it, you know, people in the door one minute and out the door the next. And that's just the way that, like I say, football works. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Well, look, Philip, Philip Skeets. Hello, Philip. Good evening to you. Philip's also saying, I agree with Rachel. Sell him. I think he's a liability and he's going to cost us games with his discipline. Kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier with, you know, what sort of state is, is his head going to be in. But I think, irrespective, that's always going to be a constant with, with Harry McCurdy. That I think, you know, we've, we've seen, seen games where, you know, you're kind of hoping, having just come back from sort of disciplinary issues, he'll have his head down, you know, he'll be knuckling down, getting on with it. But straight away, we see him like he normally is, that waspish, straight in the ear of the referee. So it's a very interesting point, Philip. I think all I would add layer into that, of course, is the fact that, you know, the um, uh, the professional games um, uh, referees um, uh, uh, organisation have said um, that this year is going to be a big year for um, for tackling ill discipline with players. And I do think that's probably got something to do with the fact that, you know, Harry was jumped on from the get-go. Um, but thank you, Philip, for uh, that contribution. Glenn Richards has said, keep him. 23 goals is a lot to replace. I mean, I think that's the thing, isn't it, at the end of that? what we all seem to be saying certainly everyone in the keeping camp um you know brass tacks are we've got a guy here you know go out you know he's going to knock in he will you would imagine he's going to be hitting 20 plus goals this season um and that is as we have found certainly to our detriment so far in the transfer window very very hard to find someone that's going to be capable of scoring 20 plus goals um so glenn thank you for that mate an observation that's um we seem to be sort of fairly consistent um, in hearing and indeed uh, making. Um, uh, Louis saying, surely if rumoured player does come and McCurdy stays, then our front three could be seen as equal to last season and actually could be better. Just the thought. Um, I don't know, Simon, whether you've seen much by way of rumour, but one of the players that is being heavily linked to Swindon Town, and we're all hoping that we're going to be getting an, an, some sort of announcement imminently, is Luke Jeffcott. Welsh under-21 international from Plymouth Argyle, who certainly oppressed against us in the past. Do, do you know much about Luke Jeffcott, Simon? Is he someone you've ever come across? I haven't, no. Uh, but I'd be interested if, uh, you know, if, if we ask to keep McCurdy and, and he comes in, then, you know, that could be uh, quite interesting. 
Yeah, so he's um, certainly got pedigree. I'll tell you what we'll do. Delighted to confirm that Mike has now been able to join us. Hopefully, Mike's managed to find his way back to the county ground. Mike, can you hear us loud and clear? I can hear you guys. Can you hear me well? Yeah, very well. So where are you, buddy? Are you outside the ground? Uh, literally, I'm sitting outside uh, the Legends Lounge right now in my car. Uh, it's quite quiet outside. I, I was here earlier um, with a couple of guys from, from Twitter, Jay Morns and SCFP Brandon. We were just watching some uh, uh, cars coming and going, um, you know, the sort of players that were arriving and leaving, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's been a very, uh, very busy day at the county ground. Now, am I under the impression, Mike, you, you've met um, a couple of our announced signings already? Yeah, so we did see them as they were going. So as soon as I sort of uh, rocked up, um, I sort of got chatting to a, a couple of the old guys who were there, like I said, off, off of Twitter. And uh, we saw uh, Lavanier packing up in his car. Um, I, I, I think he was with... Um, oh, we also saw, saw Aguiar, Aguiar and Brin. I, I can't remember exactly who Lavanier was with. But um, yeah, we saw him. And then obviously later in the day, we saw um, um, Jeff Cott as well. He was leaving the county ground. And we also saw... Um, so well, let me... Yeah. Oh. Hold on there. Oh, easy, Tiger. Can't just breeze past that. Wow, wow, wow. Hold on a second. Are you telling us that you have seen a man that you believe to be Welsh under 21, Luke Jeffcott, coming and going from the county ground, Michael? Is that what you're telling us? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil spoil things for, for later. I, I, I don't want to be too too uh, explicit. But... Well, now that that is very 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 interesting. Um, what, what are you basing this ident- identification on, Mike? I mean, what, where's that come from? We well, were talking to. We, we we did we did see we did see him leave uh, leave uh, the the reception sort of area of 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 the county ground. He was with someone who, who I imagine was was his agent, and he sort of did have a look back at us because obviously we were there was three of us just sort of stood there, and uh, we managed to uh, one of us got 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 a bit of a snap as he sort of looked back, and I, obviously I sort of asked the question. I was one hundred percent, you know, are, are you guys you know confident at uh, Jeff got and they, they they were more more than I was because I'm not as familiar with what, what it looks like so uh yeah uh, personally I'm, I'm I'm pretty confident so basically a couple of, couple of lads that we know off twitter that know their onions identified a chap that we believe to be Luke Jeffcott you've managed to, it sounds like you've managed to have a quick hello with him uh, did 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 said person give anything away mike to be honest, we didn't. Uh, so, so we we saw him at a bit of a distance, and we didn't want to sort of, um, you know, sort of bother him as he was. He, he, looked, he looked like he was uh, going somewhere. So we we actually managed to have a few words with him. But um, yeah, we did manage to sort of get get a little bit of a gander, shall we say? Right, you are, mate. All right. Well, listen, keep us posted because if there are any comings and goings at any point, you just jump on, mate, and, and interrupt whatever it is we're chatting about. I'll um. At this stage, I will. Um, I mean, we appreciate we've probably still got all the club management in the stadium at the moment, Mike. I'm, I'm led to believe, um, and hopefully, we'll be in a uh, position to have a chat with some of the uh, the likes of Rob Angus and Sandro as they're as they're coming out. They're they're all aware that we're broadcasting tonight. So fingers crossed. Between now and midnight, when we um, when we draw a line under things, um, we'll be able to get um, uh, an exclusive um, out of you, Mike. So. Just been joined by the wonderful Charlie Austin down under. Charlie, how are you, buddy? Good evening. Good, good morning to you. Good morning, mate. How are we all? All right. Yeah, very well, Charlie. Are you so listen? You've literally just pulled your head off your pillow. Are you? What are you? Are you aware of um, what seems to be unfolding as a particularly interesting transfer deadline for um, for Swindon Town? We talk about potentially Harry McCurdy going Hibernian. Uh, potentially yeah. Luke Jeffcott replacing him at the county ground to be confirmed. There's a potential sighting of him from our man at the ground who's just been on. 
Um, yeah. We've signed a, a right back from Tottenham. Um, he's got plenty of um, uh, England youth caps. And we've got a, a young striker as well, former Villa striker, who's been playing over in Cyprus. Um, one of those classic sort of like young young starlets. Look, maybe he's lost his way a little bit and is looking to get the bit back between his teeth. A um, Rashawn uh, Hepburn Murphy. So, are these are these names you know, Charlie? Would you say that that sounds like good business for Swindon Town in the current window? Yeah, listen, the names is not one that I'm uh, not one that I'm, I've known or know any of them, but they're looking to bolster the squad. Uh, the one that obviously, if you can get the lad in from that was at Villa and Cyprus, trying to re reestablish himself is a perfect place to to do that. Um, and I really like the like for like stuff because as a as generations got well, as time's gone past, it's not really been the perfect thing for Swindon, has it? If McCurdy does go, why are we waiting so long to to get someone in the door straight after? I'd have rather just got someone in beforehand, and then if he's going, he's going because as long as uh, Jeff Cott's not a not a panic move or or anything like that, do you know what I mean? So. I think it's going to be very interesting to see. It listen, if he does go, it's going to be a big loss, regardless of what people think of him. That they want him to stay or they want him to go. Twenty-three goals is a lot of goals to replace. Yeah, it really is. I mean, listen, Charlie, we talked a lot about mindset, and you, you as a player, you, you, you always fascinated me because of the background that you had coming into the game. Obviously, you, you were involved in the youth setup, then you've dropped out of the game, and you've gone back down, re-established yourself, coming back up through the non-league ranks, and then you really hit your stride at Swindon Town, and, and from there on, you never look back. Um, you always played with a certain swagger, a certain passion that. You know, we kind. Of, I think one of the reasons why you're so well regarded, certainly by Swindon fans and 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 other fans of all the other clubs you've played for, is that you always felt like you were one of us on the pitch. And Coxie's obviously still on with us at the moment. He was talking about you know playing with certain people that didn't necessarily have that fire in their belly or that love for the game. Um, do you do you again? Do you think that's at all important that you know if you know if we let if you know if Harry's head is not in the game. It sounds like potentially he's one of those players whose head maybe never was in it in terms of the way that the fans would would love him to feel about our club. But there are others obviously saying, well, that doesn't really matter as long as he scores goals. That kind of seems to be what you're saying, Charlie. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to do a bit of a like-for-like comparison. If I took him and compared compared him to you, you're both very different personalities in terms of the way you feel about the game. Yeah, I think so. It's complete opposite, but the complete opposite kind of people, I guess. But it comes two ways, Harry. I remember watching him the first time, and I watched him at home against Carlisle last season. It was the game was one all, and I thought he was fucking useless. And <laughs> um, I honestly did. I thought he was useless. And be old. Uh, fast forward, obviously six months to the Barrow game, one all, and he was still useless when I watched him. But the guy had twenty one goals at the time. So he'd obviously got a talent. A couple of my mates have said, obviously, he's been really good. He's been a standout performer, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the difference, the thing with Harry is you can tell in his demeanour that he wants to be the standout character. Every, the way he approaches everything, he wants to be the standout person. Um, so with the fans, you're never, go, you're never going to get everybody on side with Harry. You're not. He's the person that turns up and he's either going to cause have a great game or he's going to turn up and do absolutely nothing but mm. the thing is like the, the big thing is it's 23 mm. goals he finished in the playoff position last year be, because the guy scores 23 goals now you can go all the way up up and down the football pyramid if, if you take a 23 goal striker or winger out of your team that, that's going to leave a massive void and that 
no matter what, no matter what, this Plymouth lad's coming in, the under-21 uh, England international, whatever, he's going to have a big void to fill. Now, there's no there's no way he's going to get no settling in time. He's going to have to hit the ground running. Someone's going to have to replicate what Harry done last year. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, well, and it would appear, I mean, we've, you know, we've been linked with, uh, I mentioned Luke, um, I've mentioned uh, Jeff Cott, obviously Welsh under 21, but he's not playing regularly for Plymouth. Very yeah. different player to Harry. So it's going to, you know, you are talking, and you've got, and the other lad, Roshan uh, Hepburn-Murphy, he's, we believe at the moment, carrying a bit of an injury um, and isn't necessarily going to be fit for the weekend. So you're going to let that 23-goal striker sort of like disappear out the door and you've got a couple of players who are going to be sort of pushing themselves to get fit. I think the concern for me, Charlie, is that the gaffers talked in the summer about the fact that there's a lot of players that have come into the club that are still getting up to the levels of fitness that Swindon Town demands. And, and yeah, that but Martin not, Cross yeah, but what, what he can't be saying things like that. He needs to put, he's the one in charge. He's the yeah. one at the helm. He's the one that does the training. So if they're not up to speed, what's he doing? Get them yeah. up to speed. You're the man in charge. Can't keep talking like that. You're the one in charge. The other players are not fit. Run them, then. Do and something then... with the Do something with the ball. You're the man in charge. You're the one. That, you're the one's heads on the block. If the, if you lose six or seven on the spin, mate, you're out the job. Yeah. So you can't like sometimes. I get it. Listen, managers protect players a lot. I, I, I've been there where managers protected myself and dressing rooms. I've been in, but ultimately, listen, players' contracts are. A, a lot stronger than what managers are. Yeah. yeah. Well, who's so stepping away from Swindon, Charlie? And again, like yeah. Simon, I bring you bring you in as well at this stage. I mean, who's looking across the window so far? What are the transfers that have really, really caught you? I mean, there are obvious ones. You know, Harland, what a signing that's proving to be, by the way. Um, and I'm, yeah. I know that a lot a lot of the finance that wasn't tied up in the actual sort of you know the signing the the actual transfer fee is tied. Is is got he's gargantuan wage packet reportedly. But what what yeah. are the what are the the signings that are kind of breaking that are really catching? Are you impressed with Anthony, for example, Charlie? Eighty two million pound. No, you can't pay that money for. Uh, listen, it's that you're paying for a name. I I think. Listen, I've, he's done it in Ajax, but it's a big step up for Udovese to come to the Premier League. It really is. Listen, he might turn up and be a wonder kid for Manchester United, but for me, it's a lot of money. Um, the Haaland deal. Listen, you can talk about players' wages, but the guy's phenomenal. Um, he can demand what he likes. He's come to the Premier League, played five games, got nine goals. Um, it just shows that. The new, the one I was surprised was that Liverpool let Mane go early on in the in the window. I think that's a big loss. We've gone about Harry leaving the twenty three goals. Liverpool have got a, a big void to fill without having Mane in the team. Um, there's a lot of goals that's got to go. Get back in. Nunes has got to start that. But then you've got to look at Newcastle. Newcastle got unlimited checkbook and they've spent wisely. They haven't gone mad and gone and bought name after name after name. They've gone and got players that's right for this the football club at this time. Um, so you have to look at it like that. And then you have Arsenal. I think the best thing to happen to Arsenal was that documentary come out because ever since then, they've absolutely gone on. They've just gone on and gone on. And I think, I think if anything, looking at football, when, when people sack managers or managers leave their jobs, I think the way Arsenal have backed Mikel Arteta and it's been a process, they're actually reaping the benefits. You can have managers in after about six, seven months. It's not going the right way. And they get the chop. They've not put their they've not put their print on the on the stretch. That's, that's what Man United squad. have done. Yeah. Haven't they? Yeah. Man United, Man United have done that for the last five years. Don't 
theoretically do do what they've said they're going to do or win, you know, challenge for the title Premier League, and then they get out out the door. And that's it. Uh, yeah. Whereas at least with at least with Arsenal, they've decided, you know, he's our guy. He's the one we're going to back. This, you know, we can see what he's trying to do and who he's trying to recruit, and we like it. We're going to go younger. We're going to get rid of you know, what he thinks was a bad egg in Aubameyang and we're going to bring in somebody who he knows well in the, in the summer window in, in Jesus, who's obviously reaping the benefits of being the main man and the main number nine. So that's a, it's a big sign in there. So, I mean, Charlie, what do you think of Nunez? I, I'm not having him at all. I think he's, I think spending, you know, whatever, was it 75, 85 million? Yeah, it's a lot of money, so it's a lot of money. I don't, I'm not. I see him, mate. I think he's erratic in front of goal. I think, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm even not, before not... was it Pat? Even before he got sent off, he's missed three good chances yeah. in the game. Yeah. And you just you when you're playing for Liverpool or Man City, they've got to go in and for, like, do you know what I mean? And then yeah. he just shows his petulance when he gets sent off. The naivety of that to happen. You, you're watching. You're watching as a Liverpool fan. You're watching as a football fan. You're thinking. Do you know what he's got? To, he's got to get in line a bit sharper here, or this is going to happen again and again. Because yeah, I'll be honest with you, if same with you, Cox, if you was playing against him, you'd be getting straight after him as soon as he's back. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be speaking to me centre halves and be like, stand on his toe, give him little pinches and things, like little digs in the in the back and everything else, because you know he's going to be that hothead. Um, yeah. So all of a sudden, you get in and around him. That's it. He's not focused on the game anymore. He's worried about getting one over on your centre half, and that's 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 your, your deal done now for your centre half, isn't it? Yeah, uh, boys. You, you mentioned Newcastle, Charlie. You said about Newcastle. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I've said uh, my language earlier today in a tweet was that for me, Newcastle are actually approaching this window in a very very sensible manner. Um, Maybe surprising given that they've got essentially unlimited funds, and I mean it's testament to Eddie Howe, isn't it? Really that. He appears to be kind of building the squad. You used the phrase, I think, buying the right players for this moment yeah. in time for the club. I mean, what would what what are the risks in your mind, Charlie? If if Eddie Howe just went out blank checkbook, and for example, you know, just let's say he had blown City out of the water and got Haaland, but then got Mane, and, and think of every single big signing that's coming in this window. Like Newcastle were in a position where they could just do that. What what yeah. is the, what is the big risk there? Even if they bring in the absolute cream. One thing they can't do is buy Champions League football. And that's mm. what all the top boys want to play in, is Champions League football. So yeah. that's one thing that puts them on the back burner. So then they have to pay over the odds for players to come in. But then, you remember you're going to Newcastle, where it's not the warmest, it's not the, <laughs> it's not the brightest, etc. Do you know what I mean? You have a couple of days, you get a couple of the, the international players come across and they don't settle in. That's, that's the problem you have. You've got to get lads that come across and they've got to settle in straight away. Because if they don't, the back there, they're behind the eight ball from the get go, and um, listen, like I said, they've got an unlimited checkbook, and they're buying the buying the signings at the moment that they need to progress to the next stage. And I think it's credit to the the board at Newcastle, but also credit to Eddie Howe because let me tell you, if he hadn't started the way he had or had the turnaround second half of last season, he wouldn't have been in the job. But he's done a phenomenal job so far with them, and he's, he seems to be there backing him, and he's taking the the right steps going forward. So what, Charlie, we've got to talk about right steps going forward. You put a couple of right steps in place um, earlier in yeah. the week, mate. Get, getting yourself off the mark down under. Talk, oh, no. uh, how, how did that feel, mate? I mean, uh, clearly, with all due respect to the Australian game, it was only a matter of time, surely. 
Um, yeah, you must have been supremely confident that that was just going to happen. But um, nice to get off the mark nonetheless. And obviously, um, putting Adelaide to the sword as well. No, they're not, you know, certainly no idiots. Um, no. And you guys progressing the cup. But um, So congrats, first and foremost. Tell us, a bit about you, the game. Tell us a bit about the game and the goal, mate. Listen, we started off quite well. Actually, first 20 minutes, we were in, in their faces. They, we could have been two or three up, to be honest. And we, we went, Joe O'Shea scored from outside the box with a great strike. And listen, we deserved the lead. And then we had a corner from the right. I just timed my run across the man front post and scored. Uh, listen, I should have scored in the game before, but I just, I never did. I felt like I'm getting fitter now. Listen, I'm not being funny. I spoke to Coxie before, when we played in the Legends games before we came over. And um, he just said, it's so hot. But it's like 27 degrees or whatever in the day. And they're telling me it's winter time and it's going to get into like 30s and stuff like that. So God knows what's going to get. But I feel like I'm getting fitter now, a lot fitter. So so it helps. And I know how to play, obviously. So it kind of gives me the advantage. And the Austra- it's weird over here, like the Australian way, the way they're coached, I think there's, there's no right or wrong way, obviously, when you're getting coached. It all then becomes into game management stuff. But these guys just want to play out from the back and don't really like a lot of physical contact. It's where, for me, that's my game. So they got some old old fart from England bashing them about. They don't really like it or don't really like They don't really like know how to deal with it, you know. So, listen, no, other than that, it's all good. Uh, the wife and kids are over, which is fantastic also. Just settling in and then just taking week by week see how we get on but we got Sydney in the Sydney United in the semi-final which gives us a good op- which is obviously a way but it gives us a good opportunity to to put ourselves up against them listen we're 90 minutes away from a from a cup final before the season starts so it's 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 good going it also gives us a one step ahead of Adelaide I think mental block going into the season ahead well, we just had... Um, when's the last train out of Edinburgh? When's the last train out of Edinburgh? What's that supposed to mean? We're, we're, getting, quick, we're getting cryptic tweets in from Hacks all tied in, all tied in with um, Harry McCurdy's transfer. It looks like that move may well have collapsed, according to a hack over here. Um, Simon, sorry, diverting away from um, that, that distraction and um, going back into what Charlie was saying about getting his first goal away. Do you remember your first goal, Simon? Did it take a while down there? Uh now you're asking. Um oh, do I remember? Uh yeah, I think I remember my first one, I'll be honest with you. It 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 took about games, I think, two or three games. Um yeah, it was it was interesting. It was just interesting, mate, like to what I said to Charlie in the Legends game about the the uh the heat, you know, you, there's nothing that can prepare you for it, so the the quicker you can get up to to fitness obviously I went over in uh, January which is obviously their summer so I went straight in at the deep end for the 30 degree heat and and it doesn't uh, it doesn't let up in the evening so uh, so the better he acclimatizes and the more minutes he plays he'll uh, he'll score more goals no doubt well there you go Charlie mate there's your challenge just got just got to get get those miles in the tank fella I know put up with the heat Tell me about it, but he'll be all right. He'll be all right. Listen, I I wear shorts every day, mate. So I wear shorts every day and and, and flip flops. So I'm I've, I'm acclimatising and, and settling in well enough, bud. Yeah, just watch out for the spiders on the floor, mate. As we disappear into our autumn, and you're yeah. rubbing it 
uh, you're short some flip-flops. You just well, watch out for the spiders and snakes. I'm not too worried about that. I've, <laughs> listen, I understand you get some nice days over there. The ones I've just feel for you when it gets about November, December, January, February, when it's lashing down with rain, it's freezing cold, you don't see the sun for about three weeks. Then I'll be alright. <laughs> but no, this is all good over here, mate. It's all good. What is um? So who's the town got the weekend? Uh, we got Gillingham, mate. So we're we're uh, renewing old uh, old rivalries with our friends just down the road from where I live, as you'll know. Um, yeah. Just across just across the bridge in Medway, um, rivalry with Gillingham going back to the seventies um, after yeah. the, uh, the the mother of all tear ups at Priestfield, which involved football players and fans alike all being arrested. But um, yeah, yeah the, the rivalry with Gillingham's an odd one. They still sing stand up if you ate Swindon uh, every home game, yeah. which was a little bit strange when I was a copper down in Kent. I don't mind telling you. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've got I some. Imagine. I think yeah. I think we've got um we've got we're going in uh, with the better of the uh, two teams in terms of the form. Um, Gillingham are at pretty high hopes going into this season, but uh, they're in pretty dreadful form. Um, I think most of us will be sort of feeling like we did um, uh, not too dissimilar actually from where we were at the weekend. I think they'll be expecting that we go there and do the business. Um, certainly, the local fans down in Gillingham aren't expecting any um, uh, aren't expecting any miracles from their side. So, uh, yes, mate, we'll keep our tails up and we'll have a proper catch one, up with you. Uh, in relation, thing, Mark, just before you go, yeah, if his deal's off, they've all got. Well, I'm just speaking from my experience. Yeah, if his deal's off, you've got. Obviously, he's got. It goes both ways. Yeah. But you, as as fans and as football fans, um, hopefully he reacts in a in a in a way where he just gets his head down. But the town fans have got to get behind him and, and show him as much love as possible. For every footballer wants to be loved, but when a deal goes doesn't work, it don't work. He's got a job to do for Swindon. But let me tell you, it'd be much easier for both parties if it all just you just move forward and and got behind him and. Listen, if Homer Curdy stays, it's a good thing for Swindon in the long haul. It really is, to, at least till January. It's a massive thing. So all I can say is, listen, everybody just get behind him, back him. And if he does stay, look, he, he'll produce the goals. He really will. But if he goes, then listen, that's it. And the, the book's closed. But if he stays, everybody's got to get behind him. Well, there you go. I mean, listen, ladies and gentlemen, listening in, wise, sage words, nonetheless, from um, from Charlie Austin. Charlie, thank you ever so much, buddy. Best of, best of luck. So your, your next game, Sydney, right? Yes, yeah, Sydney next week. But I, I'll speak to you next when next Thursday. But we went to play, but we played Melbourne on Sunday, just in a friendly. So I'll catch you next Thursday morning. All right, mate. All right, then, buddy. Take care of yourself, Charlie. Be good, mate. All the best. See you later. See you, Coxie. Take care, son. Buddy. See you, mate. Right. Take care. Well, Charlie Austin, ladies and gentlemen, and his message is quite clear, isn't it? Um, if Char- if Harry McCurdy stays at the county ground, it's kind of like every fan's responsibility. I think, I'm not quoting him verbatim, but just get behind the get behind the boy because it's clearly a good thing. Um, I'll bring um, just bring some of the, so there's there's been a few developments at the ground. I'll bring Michael back in. Michael, you're outside the county ground at the moment, reporting live for us, <laughs> and there's, there's been a bit of movement. So we're talking well, about a couple so, of high-powered vehicles darting backwards and forwards. <laughs> That's essentially what what this, this turns into, is the high-powered vehicle watch. We're just seeing sort of any any cars that come. I mean, we've noticed a trend that most of the footballers seem to arrive in sort of very expensive 4 by 4 So I was on the lookout for one, and when, one, one sort of came in, it was a very nice Beamer, blasting music. I thought, yeah, it sounds like a footballer. And I started sort of approaching the car, and uh, 
I don't know. I, I, a group of four guys got out, and I'm not sure they were they were all footballers. So <laughs> I, I, I made sort of vacate the area pretty swiftly. I'm uh, sort of still still on the lookout for other cars at the moment. If there's any more uh, developments, so I'll give you a shout. Right, mate. I, I want torches in faces. Like we, we come on, mate. Dig in. You're, you, we've employed. We've we may have paid you in merch and beer tonight, mate. But we're expecting torches in faces. Earn your earn your corn, pal. Oh, Let's not kill off, like. I I try I try not to get stabbed. <laughs> um, one big so um thought we spend a little bit of time just going back into um deals that have um that have been breaking so far and I'll I'll get my panel you're probably all sick of hearing my voice um Joe I'll get um get you to talk about some of the um some of the deals that have been um breaking across the course of the day um but I'll introduce sort of that little segment of our show by just announcing that Liverpool have just um announced the signing of Arthur Mello on loan from Juventus so Arthur Mello Brazilian joined um Juve for a huge summer change chunk of change about two years ago he's not really done anything though has he while he's been at Juve and he's had a few um off-field problems and he's pitched up at Liverpool so um a very very tidy signing for Liverpool um who have had a bit of a stuttering start to the season what else has been catching your eye though Joe across the course of the day um I was going to start on Arthur Mello so cheers for that Hannes but um <laughs> I'm looking through some of the blogs now um Callum Robinson Republic of Ireland international that's Coxie might be uh, mates with, might be aware of, obviously. He's just signed for Cardiff. I think it's quite a good signing. Championship level, 27 years old, so he's not past it. Good he's player, Coxie, isn't he? Callum Robinson, good player. So, obviously, Ireland international. But he's actually gone on a perm from your old club, West Brom, to Cardiff. That's a bit of a surprise, isn't it? He's a proper player, Callum Robinson. Yeah, he's a, he's a good player, mate. He's, uh, he's probably in that bracket of... Um, not quite good enough for the Premier League, but really good level championship player. Um, but it's a great sign in that for Cardiff. Um, he, he wasn't getting a lot of game time. He wasn't a, a Steve Bruce um, player, I don't think, at West Brom. So the fact that he's been able to leave there, go in with Steve Morrison at, uh, at Cardiff, I think that's a good signing for them. Yeah, he's one of those players, isn't he, that he guarantees you double figures in the championship. Yeah, not not yeah. Obviously, with goals, but you know, as well as link up plays, pretty good. He gets uh, he gets assists as well. So for him, it's a uh, it's a, an opportunity to go and feel loved at a football club again, and obviously be one of the, the big signings on uh, at that at, at Cardiff. So he's uh, he's able to go in there and hopefully hit the ground running. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, looking through some other signings, Hammers, we got ex Swindon Loney, I think double double time Loney in Jack Stevens. Uh, going up to Bournemouth on loan for the season. Yeah, very interesting signing, isn't it, Jack Stevens? Um, key player for Southampton last year. Very, very surprised that um, it's not it's not really sort of you know working out for him. Like he's, he's just completely fallen out of the picture um, this season. But yeah, no no doubt in Jack Jack Stevens' quality. I mean, probably be um, an interesting um, interesting sort of segment for us to sort of just steer into here, Joe, at this stage because. Seeing as you brought up Jack Stevens, we talked earlier about Tyree Sims. There's a lot of ex-Swindon Town players on the move, isn't there, at the moment? Um, a a comprehensive comprehensive list has been um, has been drawn up. Um, as I've just had a um, sorry, it was just flashed up on the screen in front of me. Is Swindon Town have just um, tweeted a picture of the. Um, uh, of the dr- yeah, of the drone with the coffee again. So it looks like another signing is about to be announced at the county ground. As soon as we hear, we'll be breaking that news. But if we've signed four players today, as it's rumoured, 
Well, We've done well. Five, five players. Sorry, five well, players. Well, what a, what a window. But look, steer us, uh, Joe, steer us back into the... Um, this. There is a significant list of ex-Swindon Town players on the move. Have you still got the list in front of you? Uh, I'm looking through, mate. I'm looking through. Um, also, we had Harry Smith. Was one, little, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, Harry Smith's been on the move. I'll, I'll help you along the way here. Um, so, obviously, Kane Kessler-Hayden, we go back a little bit in the window. Kane Kessler-Hayden, as we know, went from Aston Villa to Huddersfield. Yeah. Former Chelsea loan to Swindon, Charlie Colkett has moved from Cheltenham to Crewe. Um, Goal-shy striker. Is that the way to describe Andy Williams? He could score 20 in a season, but really he probably put himself in a position where he could have scored 60. Um, <laughs> has moved from Cheltenham to Warsaw on a free. Um, obviously, he played against us a couple of weeks ago. Tumani Diagaraga has moved from Morecambe to Rochdale. Scotty Twine. Um, thank you, Scotty, for the uh, sell-on fee. Scotty Twine moved from MK Dons to Burnley. Um, Ex-Loney from Arsenal, Dan Ballard, has moved from the Gunners to Sunderland. Louis Barry, we know we would like to, to have had him back, but he's gone to MK Dons from Villa on loan. Um, the lad that Paolo Di Canio liked to kick up the ass, James Collins, has gone from Cardiff to Derby on a free, whilst Kane Woolery, fleet-footed, a uh, bit of a 50p foot though, Kane, I'm afraid, has gone from Motherwell to Sakaryaspor in Turkey. Um, rolling, 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 Menayezi has gone from Warsaw to Hartlepool. Um, Josh Davison, the man with the best hair in football, went from Charlton to Wimbledon. Ex-town uh, Loney from Spurs, Grant Hall, there's a name for you, take you back. It's gone from Borough to Rotherham. Whilst Jordan Turnbull, another centre-half that didn't like to head the ball, has gone from Salford to Tranmere. Um, Nathan Byrne, um, everyone's favourite Swindon Town player in a purple kit in particular, moved out to the US to play for Charlotte in North Carolina from Derby on a free. Whilst um, Connell Truman, who formed a very, very long disorderly queue uh, for the goalkeeping gloves at Swindon a couple of seasons back, has moved from Birmingham to Millwall. Jordan Garrick, um, ex-Loney from Sunderland, has moved to Lincoln on loan. Uh, former trialist Brandon Thomas Asante played against us a couple of weeks ago for Salford. Has gone to West Brom for an undisclosed fee, rumoured to be a significant chunk of change. And last but not least, former um, former guest of tonight's show, Charlie Austin, as we all know, moved from QPR to Brisbane. I mean, Joe, that is there. Uh, appreciate we've uh, we, we've gone through a big old list, but I can't remember as many ex Swindon Town players moving around in a window as that. That's pretty extensive. It is pretty extensive, but you've got to remember as well, the amount of turnover of players that we get for a season, Hannah's, like we have about, they say you have a 26-man squad. In reality, with the January transfer window involved, we probably average around 35 to 36. You yeah. think back to, you know, the relegation season in League One first time round um, under Luke Williams. I think the starting 11 first game of the season was maybe not eight or nine players different to the, the team that had to finish the season. Yeah, um, it's just the name of the game in these divisions, isn't it? It's, if you're doing well, you're sort of you're stable and your, your players stick around. If you're battling relegation going into January, it tends to be a bit of a revolving door situation. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Simon. I'll bring you back in, mate, at this stage if you don't mind. Please, I hope you take this the right way, Simon. When we signed you from from Reading. I remember a lot of Swindon Town play. This is something that is on, on like cyclical now. It almost happens for us every season. Everyone we sign, people are sort of scratching their head and going, who's he? And and we, we seem to use you as a reference point for any player that comes in, like just calm down, give this lad a chance. And because we say like he may well end up being the next Simon Cox or the next Charlie Austin, where you know we we bring lads in 
who haven't necessarily got, may have the pedigree, but haven't necessarily got the record. And then they go on to break records, whether that be transfer fee received or goals scored in your case, uh, and indeed transfer fee received in your case. Um, it's it's a tricky one though, isn't it? I mean, you imagine trying to be a fan of a lower league club, Simon, where every single season you have that level of churn that Joe's referring to. Like try, try, trying to keep your pecker up and, and, and sort of believe that every one of these players coming in is going to do what you did. That's a tough thing to ask. It is, but it is. It's a tough one, but you have to understand that the, the type of football club that Swindon are and the football that they play becomes a desirable football club. Um, so players in the 23s or players in the, you know, who aren't getting regular first-team football in divisions above or two divisions above will look at Swindon as a possible stepping stone to the next stage of their career. Because of the way that the club is run, because of the way that, the, you know, even things like, look how good the pitch is, you know, for the home games. The pitch is unbelievable and it is pretty much throughout the whole season. That is something that when you're when you're a football player at 23's level or first team level at, let's say, they're on my TV at the minute, Everton, right? You've got Everton or Spurs or anyone like that who want to try and play football, you're not going to go to a team in League One or League Two who just, you know, don't play football on the floor. They're not going to, they don't want to go to teams who kick it from back to front. So Swindon becomes a, a you know, a, a club and a team that players actually want to come to. So just being given the opportunity to come and enjoy your football and, you know, play in front, you know, in what is a, still a really nice stadium, you know, it's still a big stadium, one that, um, you know, get, gets loads of support. It's, it's one that's loud when, when teams are doing really well. Um, you know, it's, 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 a good t- it's a good place for people to come and make their name. And, it's, and it has been for, for years. And we, I guess the message is, Simon, we as fans have got responsibility to essentially just sort of understand that a lot of players that we sign, we're not going to be familiar with their names, are we? But, you, you know, there's, there's no point doing that very Swindon Town thing of writing a player off before he's even had a chance to kick a ball. Like, and the responsibility is on us to give these get, give these people an opportunity. Yeah, and and the thing is, is like like the boys were saying before, the turnover of players that you have from you know day one of preseason through to the end of the season is is going to be somewhere in in the region of between sort of thirty and forty players. So the fact that you're going to be able to have that many people come through your door. Not all of them are going to work, and not all of them are going to be household names, and not and probably half of people haven't even heard of any of them. So, the chances are that some are going to be failures, but some of them are going to do well, and some of them are going to go and excel. So, you just have to, hopefully, the ones that excel are signings, and you get you get reap the rewards for for them doing really well. Indeed, we will. Well, listen, let's return back. Max, I'll, I'll bring you in at this stage. Max, you've got a key, you're keeping a keen eye on deals as they're breaking. What's catching your attention at the moment, buddy? Yeah, I've just seen the one um, James Garner signing for Everton from United, which I, I'm, I'm surprised that United let him go for. He was only 15 million as well. He's a player I've, I've, I've like, had a look at with United because he's just a good young centre midfielder. Was one of the ones on loan and got Nottingham Forest promoted. And yeah, strange to see him let go for such a small fee. And apparently, um, DJ might be off to Mansfield for mm. another former Swindon player going across. Yeah, and I can't or Swindon, got... or Swindon. Yeah, 
Gab, don't do it to me. Yeah, for those of you that are listening that haven't necessarily caught an update from the Swindon advertiser, Johnny Lee Field has uh, stated that he expects Swindon to mount another two announcements um, in the next. Well, it's going to be it. Ha- it will certainly have to. We would hope within the next half an hour, or certainly um, confirmed before midnight. But um, it, we're hoping that one is going to be Jeff Cott uh, boosting the forward ranks. Um, and there, there has been rumours starting to abound that as the the um, uh, is being made available or, uh, from loan on loan from Charlton. The issue that I think we we would have there will be one of pressing. But we'll come back to DJ Simon. Sorry, Max started talking about Ghana. Obviously, one of your former clubs. Did, have you um, had much of an opportunity to see Ghana last season? Because he certainly uh, made an impression at um, at uh, Forest, didn't he? Yeah, I'm. <sighs> He was saying that it was a small fee. Surprise, he goes to Everton. He's untested in the Premier League. So, I mean, I don't really get the signing. I'll be honest with you. Like, not saying he's not a good player, but... It's a gamble, Cody, isn't it? It's a gamble. It's, it's a huge gamble for Everton, you know. For some for for a team that's, you know, a well-established team in the Premier League, to go and sign a, a young, inexperienced Premier League player uh, who's only really been out on loan a couple of times... Um, I think that's a risk that uh, especially the fact that they've gone and signed Idris Agay again today uh, who was who they sold to PSG he's come back again you know that's two midfield players so all of a sudden he's he's come in I don't know I just I, I liked him I thought he was really good at Forest last year he done really really well but it's a different level. It's a different it's funny, level. It, it's funny though, Coxie, and it's 15 million quid max. I mean, bring you back in. I'm, I'm sure, um, I think actually, I think we've, we've lost Max. Oh, oh no, here he comes. We'll get Max back on. Um, the thing that cracks me up, Coxie, like you said about small fee, and it's amazing, goes back to what we were saying at the start of the show, 15 million quid being just sort of dismissed as pocket It's a change. bargain. <laughs> bargain <laughs> for him, I think. <laughs> Which oh, is mad to say, but it is. <laughs> so, so who else? Who else is catching your eye, Max? Obviously, I appreciate giving your location up north. I'm sure you've probably seen a certain goalkeeper as well making his way from um, the northeast to the northwest. Yeah, uh, just, I, I've lost track of the amount of backup goalies that Man United have signed, and they'll play. He'll, he'll play a few cup games, won't he? De Brav- De a good goalie at Premier League level, to be fair. Obviously, he's pretty much he's kissing goodbye to appearances, though, isn't he? Sure. Yeah, but I mean, he'll get he'll get a nice payday, and he'll play. He'll play. He'll get. He'll. He'll probably play all their um, Europa League games and things like that. He's the oh, new. He's, he's, he's Scott Carson, isn't he? He's Scott Carson in red. That's what. Go he on, is. Joe. What are you going to say? I is he going to replace the hair? I think. Yeah. I, I mean, Do you reckon? I've got a soft spot for Matt Knight, but I, I. I love David Hayer. I think he's a great shot stopper. I think ten years ago he's probably the best goalkeeper in the world. But I think the game's evolved now, where you need to be. You're almost a, a fifth defender if you're playing in the back four. I don't think De Gea has got that ability with his feet. Whereas I think Dubravka's main asset is his playmaking. Um, I think he's surprising people. Yeah, he's really good in the ball. He's really good in the ball. If you type in Dubravka highlights or whatever on YouTube or or Y Scout, it's all just his distribution. So he's one of them. So he played. He played 26 games for Newcastle last season and 13 before. So he was obviously he's been on the exit run. And it's and it's Nick Pope at Newcastle now, isn't it? That starts in goal for him. So. I mean, it puts a bit. I think, I think it, he puts he puts more pressure on De Gea than um, who even is it? Is this all Lee Graham? Tom Heaton. 
Tom Heaton. Like, it puts more pressure on the hair than Tom Heaton does, but yeah. Uh, it's it's just one of those one of those extra goalkeeper moves that you but see. Just, but just think if you were, if you're a Man United fan and you see that you're you're selling or not even selling, you're you're bringing in a goalkeeper, Martin Dubravka, and he's then gonna replace David De Gea, who's your who's your you know, your highest earner at the football club. Is that an exciting signing for you as a Man United fan? I don't think it's an exciting signing. I think it's in certain games, maybe a necessity. I feel like if you're playing a Man City or a, or a Liverpool, you know, De Gea is your man because he's going to be peppered with shots for 90 minutes. If you're playing against a, a Brighton, for example, a few weeks ago, who are going to sit back and soak up pressure, let you have the ball and try and smack you on the counter-attack, I feel like Dubravka is probably your choice there just because he can come out of his box, he can he can get involved with some of the play. Um, like I say, he's an, he's an extra defender on the pitch. I, I bet you he doesn't play... I bet... I bet you it doesn't play more than five league games in the next two years for United. Max, I bet you a tenner right now. He plays more than right, five right. league games. That's it. Well, they will get injured in training this week or something now. <laughs> Guys, we, we've just had a uh, just had another tweet from Stuart Joseph. Stuart, thank you ever so much, mate. Stuart's just underlining that um, the advert do appear to be saying that we have got another two signings about to be announced imminently. Um what else we've got here? Taze is saying um, £15 million. Always makes me think of Alan Shearer's move to Newcastle back in the day. Seemed a staggering amount of money at the time. Yeah, it's what we were saying, Cox, isn't it? How times have changed, blindly. Just got a, a bit of news there. Yeah, I think we're all starting to hear the news at the same time. Go on, Archie. You might as well drop the drop the, drop the the bomb live on the Tom Broadbent Lounge. What you got for us? Jeff Cott, 15 has been confirmed. Um, well, by... Jeff got Luke Jeffcott's wearing the number fifteen shirt. Is it confirmed by Steve Hooper? Printing... Yeah, it's Hoops printing the shirt. Hoops <laughs> is indeed printing his shirt. As well, we... I think we've got an answer on McCurdy as well. It looks like McCurdy's to Hibs is still on. Well, yeah, there's a picture doing the rounds on Twitter as well, which looks like a. Uh, Harry McCurdy sat up in the stands, um, and yeah. it certainly appears to be at Easter at Easter Road. Um, a journalist for the um, Edinburgh Evening News just tweeted saying McCurdy's still on, talks ongoing, it's getting closer. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, having having listened to Coxie, having listened to um, Charlie Austin tonight, um, I I was I was very much in the camp of probably time that we part company with him, um, and I'm increasingly starting to sort of smack my lips at the prospects of. Um, Jacob Wakelin, Harry McCurdy, and Luke Jeffcott as our forward line. I tell you what, it, it, let's let's just go on the assumption. However, let's spend a bit of time then talking about Jeffcott and what what this actually means, because I'll be very very keen to get as many opinions from those listening to us tonight as possible um, as to what the signing of Welsh under twenty one Luke Jeffcott actually means to you, um, and whether or not that affects the way that you're feeling about not only Saturday but the remainder of the season, um, because. We've been crying out for um, an injection of um, talent into the forward line. Um, and certainly with the signing of um, Hepburn Murphy, with the signing of um, Luke Jeffcott, who tormented us a couple of seasons back um, for Plymouth Argyle. I'm kind of the opinion I'm feeling really positive about it. Um, Max, we, we start, start with, in fact, no, sorry, Max, I'll part you for a sec, because Ellis has been waiting for ages. Ellis, how, how are you feeling, buddy? About um, um, about how the season's starting to look now? Like, sort of, do do you expect this to have a significant impact on the morale of Swindon Town fans? 
I hope so. Um, I think just overall, I think the the deadline day that we've had is um, promising, and um, the players that we've brought in, uh, they're sensible options as well. They're they're players that we need. Um, right back, uh, two strikers now. Um, so you know that allows us to play Darcy in his natural position, and we've got we've hopefully got goal scorers there now. So it's good to see that we're making sensible, uh, sensible decisions and not just panic buying. Yeah, well, all right. Look, interesting one, Ellis. You talked about the right back position there. Um, the the fact that we've brought in uh, Lavinier today, uh, Marcel Lavinier from um, from Tottenham Hotspur. Um, obviously, there's been conversations um, in relation to what this means for Romeo Hutton um, and, and, and generally what this means for the kind of formation that we're going to be playing moving forward. Been a lot of people kind of speculating about the recruitment over the summer that it appears that to some people on, on socials, we have recruited for a very rigid um, 3-5-2 or um, a 3-4-3 in some people's minds. And, and ultimately, what we've done now is now by bringing in these kind of fullbacks, we have we have sort of, sort of, you know, uh, I, flip, I guess the, the expression that I would use is sort of flip-flopped a little bit here. That people are criticising Scott Lindsay for flip-flopping. Do you feel, Ellis, that this is about flip-flopping and that maybe he's had to sort of like change his approach? Or do you believe that this is just the manager that is recruiting for flexibility throughout the season? Um, well, quickly before I answer that question, uh, it's just popped up on Sky Sports that um, the McCurdy move to Hibs is imminent. Um so, essentially, it looks like it's about to happen any minute now. Yeah, and I know, Dallas as well, they've just said about Jeffcott is a loan as opposed to a permanent move. Yeah. Um, tricky one because we don't want a repeat of um, Simpson last year. Getting re- if, he, if he performs and starts scoring goals, we don't, we don't want him to be recalled in um, January because then, then we'll be in a tricky situation again. Well, look, what we're, um, I'm sure the boys will be across that move um, and in relation to anything specific that comes out about the nature of the deal. I, I'm of your, I would hope that we, we won't get our fingers burnt like we did last season. Yeah. And some kind of purchase clause that will be involved in that transfer. Um, it, it may well be, I mean, again, we've got to think about financial fair play. Um, you know, we've got to make sure that obviously we're not, you know, we are not breaching any um, any rules in that respect. And it may well be that if the McCurdy deal hasn't quite happened, but they want, they need to announce this deal. It may well be that they've announced it as a loan for the time being, but with the option to buy. Um, yeah. And that's just a way of managing the financial fair play and whether or not Mr. McCurdy stays or whether or not he goes with that in the balance. I mean, um, Simon, do you, do you think that's that's likely at this stage? If we're right up against it with financial fair play um, and not knowing about McCurdy going, do you think it would probably be sensible for the club to just sort of like have, have brought Jeff Cott in on loan, knowing that they're going to want to bring him in anyway? Yeah, would there would just be the, uh, the the set of rules or set of negotiations that have already been put in place, ready for January. Um, you know, if McCurdy goes and and the fee is three hundred, and they pay. You know, whatever it is for uh, for the under twenty three Welsh international lad, he can easily you know just say it's a it's a loan with a view to a permanent or with a uh, objection to uh, with a with a view to buy um, in in January. So that that's not an issue. Yeah, yeah. We just can't get stung again. There's no way we can get stung three seasons in a row or even four seasons in a row with Doyle and Yates. <laughs> Like, you hope not, wouldn't you? 
Oh, mate, it's, it's hope, January's a horrible. You know, you know, you know what comes this, right? Yeah, it's the most swindling thing ever. Like it's just it's going to happen. You just know it. It's got It's got a hope. He's absolutely awful for five months. Scores two goals in, between now and January, and then January to May scores twenty odd. Um, <laughs> that's fine. There's a magic round about yeah. outside that stadium for a reason. Yeah, absolutely just right. The, um, sorry, Hannah. I was just reading the the club statement. It says the Plymouth Argyle striker heads to the county ground on an initial loan deal. So that word "initial loan deal" you go with the option to make the deal permanent. Yeah, it would appear that that's what's happening here, Joe. It would appear that's what's happening. We'll skip. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll skip over to the county ground. Thank you for the prompt, Gabs. That's very kind. Um, Michael. What's going on outside the county ground, mate? Have you seen, is there any movement at all? Have you seen anyone coming or going? Appreciate you, what you said to us earlier. Mr. Jeff got, it would appear that deal was maybe already done. It was just a question of um, being out, being in a position to announce it. Um, any more movement, mate? Is there anything you can tell us? Um, I've got to be honest, it's very quiet uh, so far outside the county ground right now. I imagine they're still inside uh, sorting out the uh, sort of, uh, crossing, crossing the T's, dotting the I's, you know, that, that kind of thing, finalising everything. Um, if there's anything that does happen, if I see anyone coming in, in, in or out, sort of like any of the entrances, I'll give you guys a shout. But for now, I'm just sort of loitering about. <laughs> well, Michael, keep an, eye, keep an eye out for anyone from club management, mate, because Archer has just stumbled across um, what appears to be an update in relation to the Jeff Cott deal, which is Arch. Yeah, so it has been confirmed now that it is on an initial loan with the option to make the deal permanent. So we do have the option to buy. Amazing. Hey, there we go. So um, there's that, that, that. your task, should you choose to accept it, Mike, as you're uh, stood outside the county ground, uh, ducking blue dildos being thrust into your left ear <laughs> by a baying crowd of Swindon Town fans. Um, get, um, see, if you, see if you can get some information on, on the nature of the Jeff Got piece, whilst keeping an eagle eye out for what Johnny Leefield appears to be saying is potentially an, another signing coming through the door. Jeff Cott, no it? worries, guys. I'll keep my eyes out for you. Anything, any, any, any news, I'll, I'll give you a shout. And now, I will tell you this. Um, Archer is yeah, saying that a, there is now a picture. There's a picture going around that's um, just been replied to one of the tweets with uh, Jeff Cott as a, as, a young, as a young man outside of, a, outside of the county ground during the Paolo de Canio era. Um, and he's resplendent in red and white. And he, he is in a red and white shirt. He is in the uh, the Swindon the Swindon shirt. So he's always. <laughs> oh, I'm in love with a lone player again. Don't do. There it. we go. We're uh, already uh, in right. And I quote: "He's one of our own. He's one of our own. Luke Jeffcott. He's one of our own." Thank you for pointing that out. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's the second song for players that I've given you this season um, from a from a from the lofty perch. That is the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge. So, um, all right. Well, listen. Let's let's. We were we were just Ellis. You were just giving us a, a bit of a view on on tactics, weren't you? And and then we've kind of got so rudely interrupted by the fact that Jeff Cott uh, was announced. But so we talked about Marcel Lavinia. We were talking about is this the manager? Some people are saying he's flip flopping and it's a weak manager that is straying away from his principles. Whereas others are saying no, this is just a manager that is recruiting for any any given sort of um, scenario and tactical flexibility during the season. And um, where whereabouts were, were you sort of willing to sort of which hill were you willing to die on, Ellis? Well, I I think as a team, we're still trying to find our, our feet and how the team want, want to play tactically because at the end of the day, it's, it's a new, it's a new side compared to last season. Um, so, um, yeah, 
signing different players for for different scenarios. Um, you know, playing Darcy at right back, um, and situations like that. I I, th- I think the the manager's sort of just testing the waters, finding out what works for him, finding out what works for the team, um, and. I think with the signings that he's getting in, I think it's it, it's clear that you know he wants a right back. He doesn't. I don't. I don't think anyone in particular wants Darcy playing playing at right back. We we want it. We want him up near the goal. I tell you, um, I, I'd be really interested at this stage, Ellis. So you're for those for those of you that listened to our show earlier in the week, Simon. If I can bring you back in, um, I appreciate this wasn't quite your era. But I was talking about um, the sort of the you know the Wimbledon team that was playing at Stellar's Park before it all imploded, and I remember watching the um, the conversion of Warren Barton from central midfielder into right back, and not just right back, but international right back. What's um, I mean, there's what you're seeing, what we've seen from Ronan Darcy is kind of I guess what you'd expect to have seen. Sort of going forward. A really, really interesting option, sort of providing overloads in midfield, lots of attacking intent, but obviously defending. You can see this lad's never played there before, so he's he is getting a bit caught out. Now I'm sure he'd be getting caught out a hell of a lot more if he was playing in, um, you know, further up the leagues. But with all due respect, the league two, he's playing in league two. Um, do you are you a fan of trying to repurpose central midfielders? Is there anyone that you can think of that went on that journey and? And and indeed, would do you think it's an abomination? Because Roman Ronan Darcy is quite clearly a very talented midfielder. Um, so where where whereabouts do you sit in that debate, Simon? Repurposing mid quality midfielders into fullbacks. Um, well, I think you have to look at there's there's been so many over the last what four or five maybe six years. We'll probably even go back a bit further of players who probably played at left back or right back and moved into midfield going the other way it's uh it's just modern day fullbacks now are more like your wingers yeah. so all of a sudden they need to be higher up the pitch they need to be able to deliver they need to be able to you know depending on if you're if Scott Lindsay is a is a Pep Guardiola person he wants his wingers uh, his fullbacks to come and play in in central midfield so he'll get more of the ball anyway um, and he wants him to be more involved in the play. But if he's more interested in him being a fullback who just sits and goes on overlaps, then I'm not overly too too sure. Um, but you think of people like I mean, I I play with a lad Stephen Ward who was a who's a left winger, a left back who played up front a few times for Wolves. Go back a little bit further, you got Gareth Bale was a left back who ended up playing centre forward for Real Madrid. So. You know, things like that can happen more so people going forward. Coming back the way is a little bit it's a little bit more uh, a little bit trickier, I think. I don't really see normally your fullbacks are converted wingers, not necessarily converted central midfield players. Yeah, gotcha. So it is a bit of a question for you, Simon. I appreciate this is gonna be different for every player and it's a bit of an how long's a, a piece of string question, but We'd obviously, it's probably a bit of a mute point now, given the sign of Lavinia. But if my logic about converting a central midfielder into a fullback is right, what would be a kind of, if you're seeing sort of a little bit of quality from him in that position, but the odd sort of defensive issue, how long would you sort of give him, do you think? How long would be sensible for a club to give a player in that position uh, before they kind of go, no, that's clearly just this, this, 
this is dodgy. This is not not something we should persevere with. If he's getting if he's getting taken to the cleaners every week, um, I just think it's it's going to be trial and error. It's going to be it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not going to be two three weeks either. It's going to be from the manager's point of view and the staff's point of view. It's going to be day in day out training. It's going to be. Um, video analysis. It's going to be. This is what we want. This is, you know, do you understand your positioning from uh, when the ball's on your side of the pitch compared to what is on the other side of the pitch? Do you understand what you know, covering your centre half, all of that sort of stuff? It's it's going to be a case of this. This takes a little bit of time. Obviously, you have to understand as well that managers don't get time systems. You know, personnel in those systems possibly don't get a lot of time either. So. Um, but he has to, if he's going to, if he feels like, if Scott Lindsay thinks that he is going to play there, has to stick with him. Otherwise, what was the point of putting him in there? And, and I guess this is this is half the problem now, isn't it? Because obviously we've now signed a right back. We've also got Romeo Hutton on the books as well, that people are going to say, well, is he a right back? Is he a right wing back? We've got those options now. And Ronan Darcy's played midweek in the Pizza Pot Trophy and actually put <laughs> Piece of performance from a central midfield position, so I, I guess it's a it's a bit of a mute point, really. All things all things considered, um, Gabs, I'll, I'll I'll bring you in at this stage, mate. Now, obviously, we tasked you with keeping an eye out on some of the funniest meltdowns that you've seen um, today. What's um, we do love a meltdown in Swindon Land so much so that somebody even created their own Twitter feed for it today. What's um, what, are, are we um, whilst we're on on the air, mate? Have we missed any absolute classics? Oh, I'll tell you what, we've gone from playing a National League next season to bloody promotion already. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I think my favourite so, favorite so far today has to be we've gone from Poundland Power to Cost Cutter Clem. <laughs> That's freaking credit. I think we're all fully at the bar with a full pint in hand, aren't we? <laughs> but he's poured. Yeah, but, yeah. There's been there's been some there's been some good ones floating around, I must say. But yeah, the mood has completely changed now. Isn't that incredible? So but, when you when you think about it, guys, like we are what we are. So we, we've made four signings. We've signed a an Ireland um, under nineteen goalkeeper. We've signed a striker from Paphos, um, who hasn't played in the UK for the last sort of two three seasons. We've signed a right back um, from Tottenham Hotspur. Plenty of promise, but um, lots of really ultimately, fundamentally, a, a you know junior level uh, fullback. Um, and we've signed Luke Jeffcott from Plymouth. Now, I, I'm me personally. I'm over the moon. I think that's fantastic because I'm looking at it as, a, as an overall piece. If you look at our transfer window, so think how many people we've signed. I mean, I, I was I was having a look through our our total sort sort of you know our, our total. Sort of, uh, business done before the end of the uh, for the end uh, the end of this window. I mean, it's pretty pretty bloody dramatic stuff. We've got so obviously we've got we've got the three guys today. Um, we've got I mean, hang on a second, I'm trying to bring my list up. Hopefully, one of you guys might be able to jump in there and help me. My notes have have gone on complete freeze at this level. Who's got the show plan? With hopefully the full list of Swindon Town players on there, guys. Who's got it? I've got yeah, it. go to take us through it, Joe, because we've had a hell of a okay. window when it's when it's talk when we're talking about incomings. 
We have, mate, yeah. So we've got um, Romeo Hutton from Barrow on a free. Tom Clayton from Liverpool on a free. Uh, Adeloy from Air. Darcy from Bolton. Massey from Plymouth. Divine from Man United. Um, McDonald's from Rotherham. Khan from Chesterfield. Wakelin from Leicester. Harry's from Bristol Rovers. Shade from Leicester. Brennan from Sheffield Wednesday. Blake Tracy on loan from Burton. And Bryn on loan from... Uh, Middlesbrough, obviously, as well as having Hepburn, Murphy, um, Connor, and Brand. The, yeah, Bran, and who am I forgetting? Luke Jeffcott, obviously, we've just announced, and Jeffcott. Marcel Lavinia as well. So, Lavinia. what are we on there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seven, eighteen signings. Simon Cox, you said about sort of despising Forest. <laughs> Swindon Forest. Yeah, we we're pretty much we're pretty much following the copybook. Albeit for very different reasons, Simon. Obviously yeah. we we've gone last year, we've lost a lot of quality. Obviously we've lost our manager, our assistant manager. We've lost a very talented right back in Manny Egbo. We've lost players like Jack Payne. Um you know we have lost quality loanees from throughout the side. So the, the, the kind of rebuild, I guess, ultimately in the end was was required. But so we've we've rebuilt at a similar level, but on a very very different front. Um, do do you think? It, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to sort of have a little rattle through that through those signings and get an idea as to who we think a, a a hit and a miss. And I'm trying to think. Um, listen, Max, I'm not I'm not going to call you Mr. Cynical, but you've been on a bit of a downer the last few weeks, so. Max, take, let's go through these signings. I, I want to know from you, hit or miss. Just literally tell me, hit or miss. Romeo Hutton, hit or miss? Jury's still out, but miss based on his performances so far. Tom Clayton, hit or miss? Oh. Um, have you still got me? I've got you, mate. Loud and clear. Tom Clayton, hit or miss? Oh, can you hear that us sounds like a sore bum to me, that. Oh, we, we've lost you, have we, Max? Hold on, right, I'm back, I'm back. All right, Max, so um, Tom Clayton, hit or miss? Hit. Uh, Tommy Adeloy, hit or miss? Miss. Ronan Darcy, hit or miss? Hit, if Oscar he's been playing Mas- in the right position. Oscar Mass, hit or miss? Um, jury's out, I haven't, I haven't seen him in. Reese Devine, hit or miss? Can't tell yet, but Big yeah, angle. jury's out. Big Angus, hit or miss? I reckon hit. I reckon he's, he's improved a lot since the first couple of games. So you can't hit or miss? Um, hit, I'd say. So he's done all right. Jacob Wakelin, hit or miss? Definite hit. Best signing. Kian Harry's, hit or miss? Uh, miss, I guess, because he's got a red card and he hasn't really played much, has he? Tyree Shade, hit or miss? Um, Jury's out. He looked. He was. He was saying he looked good midweek, and he looked okay. He stopped poor, but yeah. Kieran Brennan, hit or miss? Um, he's been injured the whole time, so can't say. Razor Blake Tracy, hit or miss? Hit. Sol Bryn, hit or miss? <laughs> Definite hit. Yeah, outstanding. So like, there's a bit of balance there, isn't there? I mean, look, basically. We, we've we've brought in an awful lot of players. I think we're probably going there on a statistical level based on your hits or miss, Max. And you've been on a bit of a down in the last couple of weeks. You're saying it, that would appear to suggest about 60% of Scott Lindsay and Sandro Dima signings, in your mind, are hits. Um, 
but I've been I, so I've been quite vocal that I think the squad is a lot better than the results suggesting. But it's things like Darcy being put at right back and players not being utilised from the bench. I think it, the manager needs to the manager's got to take a bit more control and give the players the right opportunities. Sometimes I, you never know what's happening behind behind the doors, the training. Um, but you know, you'd like to think I, that's going to happen nowadays. with all these people through the door, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, now he's now he's got like he's obviously brought in Lavinia because it's obvious he wants a right back. Maybe putting Darcy there was him saying, "Sandro, look, I need a right back because this is my best option at the moment." Um, he's he's got he's got all the tools now. He's just got to show that he's good enough to be our manager and to get us out of this league. I think he's got a top League One striker through the door. If that's not sort of a you know a, a push me that results have to be getting better, then I don't know what would be because. I mean, Jeff Cott's record in the last three seasons, he's scoring double figures in League One, like comfortably. Yeah, like, I, I don't think you can be too critical of Sandro's recruitment because for the most part, it's been good and today has been good. So now the onus is on Lindsay, I think, for I, me I, anyway. I, I think when you look at signing that volume of players, guys, like just statistics will probably tell you that there's going to be some that just don't work out. I mean, we talk about signing a League One striker that scored a lot of goals. Um, I'll cast my mind back to signings like, uh, there are two that immediately spring to mind. First one was Chris Martin, um, when we signed him on like Derby, I believe it was. Uh, possibly, or possibly he was at Norwich at the time when Decanio brought him in. Um, and we all got super excited because here we go, we've got Chris Martin that's come from way like, leagues above. In fact, I'll give you, I'll take you Chris Martin, I'll raise you a Leon Clark. You know, we got, again, players coming from above, like reputable goal scorers that came to the county ground, did very, very little for a variety of reasons. I'll go back way, way back a bit further. I'll take you back to Paul Rideout. Um, And Paul Rideout kind of did a bit of a Chris Martin in many respects because Rideout was already a child prodigy at Swindon, left the club for big money, went to play for Bari in Italy, came back on loan uh, via Southampton to Swindon Town and did very, very little in a loan spell but then went on to have a, a, reju- you know, a, a rejuvenated career in the top flight, won an FA Cup for, for Everton. So it's an interesting one, isn't it? That you know We're all really excited about Jeffcott, but you've got to ask the question, how have we ended up getting our hands on Jeffcott? Why, why have Plymouth let him go? So there is always that those unanswerables, isn't it? Has he come to us because he's lost his way? Has there been things away from the game that have maybe distracted him? Maybe he's not quite the player we recall from a couple of years back. Maybe he's just walking around the uh, the dressing room in a Swindon Town shirt. Maybe that's what it is. Pissing off the dressing room. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Let's try, I'll tell you what, let's try and get an update from Mike. Any more movement from the county ground? Are you peeking through any blinds yet? Because, mate, you're not earning your corn power. We're not particularly impressed with your output. I'm not going to lie. You I'm, know, I'm... I, want you, I want you looking through windows. I want you tapping on doors. Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, I, I did just see someone leave the county ground. They were dressed in sort of Swindon gear, but. Um... He didn't look like yeah, a player or anything. Like... <laughs> nah. <laughs> he left ages ago, Jeff Cott. Jeff Cott um, was wearing a 2012 Swindon Town uh, replica shirt and scarf. <laughs> if that's what you heard, it's not what I said, right? But no. <laughs> um, at the moment, at the moment, I'm not going to lie, there's not, there's not been much movement and there's a, there's a bit of a mini crisis going on. I'm, I'm on 3% battery, so I might have to make, uh, make a quick uh, journey home to try and charge the phone before coming back really swiftly. Um, well, you, you pull your finger out, pal. Like I said, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, our, it's our money you're spending. All right, listen, mate, you get some, you get some charging that battery. Um, we've had a tweet from Tom, uh, Scuba Thomas. Hello, Tom. Tom said, does anyone know, does the Scottish window close at 11pm or yes, midnight? Yes. Well, 
Tom, I gave it to you right at the start of the show. It closes at midnight. They've got an extra hour on us. So 12 o'clock is the time that the... Certainly, I've got that sourced from the BBC. We've had... Sarah's tweeted as well. Sarah says, great listening on a Friday morning. Um, Sarah from Down Under. I believe, Sarah, you're listening in um, from uh, New Zealand. She says, great listening. Happy with the movement so far. Absolutely down the middle on McCurdy. If he stays, support him. If he goes, we wish him well. Yes, goals, but that's not unusual for any club, really. Well, that's 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 fair game. Um, we're going to be listen. I think it's only um, right and proper that we uh, we jump back in and we give Simon Cox the opportunity to bid us a firm farewell. Simon's been with us way past the amount of time that he said he was going to give us this evening. Simon, I hope you've had fun joining in with us tonight, mate. No, it's been good, mate. Really enjoyed it again. Loved it. Mate, it's a real treat. Listen, I'm I'm so chuffed you you were uh, you were more than happy to come back on so soon after making your show debut. And I'm going to just reiterate: don't be a stranger, mate. Um, it's it's fantastic that you keep in touch with the Swindon Town fans, and we really really appreciate you coming on, mate. Um, gold dust, gold dust commentary tonight. <laughs> I don't know about that, mate, but yeah, always always happy to jump on, mate. No problem. Oh, I'll just right, apologise as well, Coxie, for the uh, pictures on the Instagram post. I'm sorry, yeah, they looked a bit rough. Sorry, oh, mate. The amount, the amount of messages I got of like, Jesus, they've thrown it way back, and they. Like, yeah, <laughs> That's, That's the only picture. years ago, mate. Yeah, that was a signing oh, day. Right. Pi- that was a signing day picture that we got for you there, Simon. Like taking you oh, right no. back. We've oh, got. No, we could have scrolled somewhere along the lines of getting a good one, though. Oh, we've got a beauty for you. That I'll make sure that Joe, Joe, do you reckon you'll be in a position to tweet that one from earlier, mate? Sure, Simon, I love the, that. Was that the Simon Phil Jones Cox picture? Yes, please. Okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll stick with the I'll stick with the one that you put up last uh, the first time, so you'll be all right. <laughs> all right, Coxie. Listen, mate. Take care of yourself. Thanks for Cheers, popping guys. on, buddy. See you later. Take, take care. care. Bye bye now. We've got another. I think we've got an update from Archer. Right, go on, Archer. So, with it. What we first got? Things first, with the whole Scotland thing, um, cross-border deals do need to finish at eleven o'clock. So that deal would need to be done before eleven, from what I've read. Secondly, uh, Peter O'Rourke. Don't know if he's got 100, over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram uh, on Twitter. Sorry, has just put out. We've apparently agreed a deal for Banbury's uh, Morgan Roberts, who's a twenty-one-year-old winger who's um, scored four goals in six games down in the National League. I believe they're National are they North. I believe it's the National League North. Yeah, National Banbury. North of Banbury, um, where our young young Harry Parsons is playing his train. I know he was on here earlier. We should try and get him to, get him to come on and say what he thinks about him. Yeah, <laughs> listen, we'll do our best. We'll see if we can get that deal confirmed and we see if Harry's still on our listener list. Then we'll duck back in and um, see if we can uh, get some sort of input. Um uh, we've got a couple more tweets to update. Uh, we've got a lovely one from Adair. Hello, Adair. Thank you ever so much, mate. Adair says, Plymouth fans have been saying that Jeff Koch just isn't suited to the way that they play. They see him as a six-yard box sniffer. Ooh, fox in the box. Um, so that's interesting. We've had... Um, uh, what else we got here? What else we got here? We've got... Uh, Kevin's been on again. Kevin has just made us... Um, aware of a um, a tweet that broke about yeah, Luke Jeffcott confirming. And again, it was just confirming that we, at that time, weren't sure whether it was going to be a loan or a permanent, uh, but it's just saying that McCurdy is definitely going to Scotland, according to what Kevin has shared with us there. Dean McMackin, Dean, good evening, buddy. Dean says, uh, 
Jeff Cott for McCurdy uh, really isn't that bad. Certainly not replacing Charlie with Elliot Benyon shithousery, that's for sure. So Dean's more than happy that that is a decent replacement. Uh, Tom just simply tweets, Luke Jeff Cott. So he's a happy man. Um, Nathan tweets, um, it's a shame he's no longer on. I just wanted to say thank you to Charlie Austin. Absolute gold on the Tom Broadbent Lounge tonight. Couldn't agree more. Uh, box office is our Charlie. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Darren Archer. So this undisclosed fee crap does my head in. Fans should be made aware of fees and deals, in my opinion. It does show transparency. Yeah, I, do you know what? I tend to agree with you, Darren. I can't lie. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, but then I've been told that, you know, that ultimately what clubs end up declaring um, in their media for certain deals, it's almost like clubs can say what they like. So I don't know whether it really matters. I think maybe in the past we've heard fees for certain players that just, you know, ultimately a, a pie in the sky themselves. If we had Coxie still on, I would have probably asked him. Um, what else we got here? Um so Taze is saying, no worries about the fan base getting behind Harry McCurdy if it falls through. Don't worry about that. Uh, they're so fickle, it won't be a problem for them to change their tune pretty quickly. I guess that's a really, really interesting interesting point, Joe, isn't it? Just as we uh, as we see, the window has slammed shut in Britain and we'll come uh, in England, sorry, and we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, but Joe, I mean, really, that's the point, isn't it? Particularly... I don't, you know, I'm not going to be overly disparaging about our fans. We've taken such a battering in the last 30 years. I understand why we're a bit hair trigger, but Taze makes a really good point, doesn't he? McCur if McCurdy doesn't end up happening, he comes comes in on Saturday against the Gillingham and scores two or three goals. Even if he ends up going for a free at the end of the year, he'll be a folk hero, won't he? Mate, he's a folk hero now if he goes tonight. Do you know what oh, I mean? he's, completely. He's He's got the... Probably for the first time in his career, he's got the undying love of a fan base. And I've spoken to a few Hibs fans tonight. Well, I say spoken to, I've been abused by a few Hibs fans tonight. I've tried to act quite <laughs> sort of nicely back to them. I've just said to them, you know, you've got to love him because if you don't love him and he gets the arse with you, he's going to show it. He's going to be an absolute shitter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I say, you got to wish him well, haven't you? He's, he's done well. He came to us in a season where we thought, realistically, we're probably going to be fighting relegation to the National League. If at all, you know, we could have been just out of business doing a berry. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, mate. It goes well. Best wishes. He's a folk hero, as you say. And, um, yeah, we just we move on. All, say, all, I, all, all I would hope, Joe, is that despite everything that we have discussed tonight... I think what's really, really, really important is that Harry understands that he's got a legacy. And I only, I would own, that would be my only worry about Harry, that it doesn't actually, you know, it, it so doesn't matter to him that that notion of like that romantic link through to our supporters that, you know, he just completely disregards the the respect that we've got for him. And no, he ends up coming back, and, coming back and doing something very, very silly or saying something really silly. I, I can't see it happening, mate. I think he'll, he'll wake up in the morning after signing his hips contracts, probably have a nice signing on fee that he can enjoy looking at his bank account. But he'll wake up in the morning on Instagram and be able to see, you know, montages to, to, to Alicia Keys songs or whatever of him scoring goals. You know, he's, ne he's never going to have that from any other club previously you know when he left Carlisle he probably got a few death threats in his DMs let alone a, a nice montage of his goals and 
and thank yous and kids well, with think... a shirt on his back and stuff. He, he should be, he'll be aware of how much he means to us. I, I think what probably helps as well is that he's gone, or if he does go, he goes, and we've actually been able to find a replacement that certainly on paper at this juncture makes us feel really, really positive Mate, about on paper, life after McCurdy. On paper, Jeff Cott's a better striker than McCurdy. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think, I, think I, mean, I don't think that's I don't think that's for dispute, Joe. I think when it comes to sort of you know his departure, it's almost like whilst it wouldn't be his decision that leaves us in the lurch, if he does leave, I think it leaves us in a certain spot where it's a it's an easier pill to swallow because we've got um, yeah, we've it's got... not it's not a DJ, is it? Yeah, no, 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 Ex exactly that. There's a few more tweets are rolling in. Laurie, hello, good evening, and thank you ever so much for your tweet. Laurie's just tweeted that picture of the uh, the drone. Uh, next to a coffee, saying we're having a quick refuel. Um, certainly ties into what Archie was saying about possible um, further signings. Aiden, good evening to you, Aiden. Fantastic to hear from you, buddy. Aiden saying in relation to songs for Jeffcott, um, it looks like oh, and I, I agree wholeheartedly, Aiden. We've got Ginger Pele 2.0. I love the idea of that. I, I seem to recall that Plymouth tried to steal our thunder by singing We've Got Pele, Ginger Pele. So I think we could probably get that up and running with minimal fuss, Aidan. Thank you for pointing it out. Um, Charlie Woods has tweeted, is it too early to set style? And underneath there is a picture of HMS Pista League, duly captained by Scott Lindsay um, at the, uh, is it the stern of the boat? Yes, at the stern of the boat is Scott Lindsay smiling out to sea. No, Charlie. I'm not going to say certainly not too easy to set sail. Um, Jason Lane is saying, well, he's, we've got, where's this extra signing we're going to get in the next 20 minutes? Well, I think we'll go back to whilst the window has slammed shut, the rules, if I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Max, but the rules are as long as the deal essentially or the paperwork gets submitted in time, the reason we're running through to midnight tonight is that we're still expecting a flurry of deals, aren't we? Yeah, I think it's something, isn't it something to deal with like, you can, as long as it's submitted to the EFL, then you get an extra hour or something to yeah, complete the deal. Just to butt but in on, on Sky Sports, it's, it it says um, just because your club hasn't announced the deal doesn't mean that they can't complete it. As long as the appropriate governing body has the deal sheet by the deadline, your club has a few hours to finalise the deal. Hey, there you go. So that will do us. So I hope, I mean, Jason, you so you would be bang on the money there, Jason, mate. We're hoping for one more in the next 20 minutes. I think looking up at the clock, we're hoping for at least one more to be announced before midnight tonight. Hannes, um, we've got another ex-Swindon Town transfer. Uh, go on. Uh, Romani Edmonds-Green. Oh, a... Reg. Reg has moved. Where's he gone? Reg has moved. He's on loan at Wigan for the season with an option to buy. Oh, what a, what a, that's a wonderful move for Reg. Congratulations, Romani Edmonds-Green. Wonderful stuff. Right, what else we got here? We've got a tweet from Nick. Nick saying, this must be the first time for a long time we're actually paying money for players and not relying on the loan market. Well, yeah, to a point, Nick, obviously the Jeffcott deal at the moment is a loan deal with a, with the option to buy, and hopefully that works out well for everyone and we'll be over the moon with that. Um, Lavinier's come in on a, on a free transfer, um, as has Hepburn Murphy. So, um, But certainly, if you go back through that long list that we went through, um, and Ellis, I mean, I'll bring you in on this. Um, you know, there's a lot of those players that we've actually signed for for fees, aren't there? I mean, if we if we rattle through that list, um, I seem to recall we paid a fee for Hutton. We've paid a fee for Clayton. We paid a fee for Adeloy. 
Um, Massey, I believe, um, came in on a free. Reese Devine was a free. McDonald was a free. We paid money for um, Saidu Khan. Um, and I think that pretty much tops it off. So, so yes, um, y- y- your point stands the, stands the scrutiny, the test of scrutiny there, Nick, 100%. Um, Paul P uh, merely says, tweets to say, fire the engines. Like the sound of that, Paul. Great bit of positivity. Um, what else have we got here? What else have we got here? PJ, I don't know if I've already said this one, PJ. If I have, I apologise, but it's so good, it's worth saying again. PJ saying, I was absolutely dreading Saturday, but now actually quite looking forward to battering them and getting our season up and running. Interesting next hour coming up. Regards, McCurdy. Yes, indeed. Um yeah, there's the there is the tweet from uh, Pete O'Rourke that Kevin has just shared with me, and it says yes, Swindon have agreed a deal for Banbury winger Morgan Roberts. So Arch is he's uh, searching away in the background this evening to tell us a little bit more about Morgan Roberts. Six games, four goals. Six games and four goals for Morgan Roberts in the Conference North. So we will keep half an eye on that. And Sarah has tweeted again to say Lindsay said the same regards of Fox in the Box on the media release in relation to Jeff Got. So, all boding well. Uh, who was Morgan Roberts? So, Morgan Roberts, ex Northampton. Well, listen, um, we told you that we were going to be across every single deal as best we can. So, going to do a quick um, summary of today's deals for those of you that haven't had a look at them. So, um, starting off at uh, the, the, where are we? Where are we? So, international deal. So, Oriol Romelu has moved from Southampton to Girona. Ethan Ampadu, young Chelsea defender, has moved to Italy with La Spezia from Chelsea. Um, big, um, big, oh, I'm being waved at furiously, but this better be good. What oh, we got? McCurdy. What we got from McCurdy? Um, we got an update from McCurdy, oh, Arch. So what we got? Ryan Whelan has just come out and said that it looks like the fees have been agreed for, uh, for McCurdy now between the two clubs. Uh, I'm just trying to get the actual tweet up. I'm struggling. Hold on, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. So, um, apparently, fees are just about to be agreed, supposedly close to the original figure, uh, potentially slightly lower. Uh, the personal terms were already agreed last night. Um, so, it's just a case of, will the paperwork get done before uh, before midnight? All right, fantastic. So, as soon as that deal gets broken, we will let you know. Um, big European transfer in terms of his reputation. Julian Draxler um, has moved from PSG to Benfica. Um, Dan Williams has moved from Swansea <coughs> to TNS, along with Adam Wilson, who's gone from TNS from Newcastle. Uh, Tariq Wright has moved from Villa to Bradford on loan. Paul Glatzel has moved from Liverpool to Tranmere on loan. Dion Pereira has moved uh, Luton to Bradford. Danny Cashman, Coventry to Warsaw. Sadly, we mentioned earlier for Swindon Town, Tyree Simpson, Ipswich to Huddersfield, undisclosed fee, much to the ire of certain sections of Swindon Town supporter base. Clinton Mola has moved from Stuttgart to Blackburn. Sam Cosgrove, linked to Swindon Town earlier in the window, has moved from Birmingham to Plymouth, interestingly enough. Halil Derivesiloglu has moved from Brentford to Burnley. Adama Traore, not that Adama Traore, but another Adama Traore has moved to Hull from Hattaspor in uh, uh, Turkey. A player that was expected to play against Swindon Town in the Pizza Pot Trophy was free-scoring under-21 striker Rob Street, who's moved from Palace to Shrewsbury, while Sylvester Jasper has moved from Fulham to Bristol Rovers. Javier Simons has moved from Chelsea to Hull. Our ex-player, another ex-player of Swindon Town, has been confirmed. Admiral Musquay has moved from Luton to Fleetwood. 
Stephen Duke McKenna has gone from QPR to join Richie Wellens at Leighton Orient. Josh Coburn has moved from Middlesbrough to Bristol Rovers. Kwesi Apaya has moved from Crawley to Colchester. James Olienka has moved from Arsenal to Cheltenham. Hayden Lindley has moved from Villa to Newport, whilst Christian Asidi linked the two Swindon Town. But we think that was probably more to do with Christian mixing up his hashtags, has in fact gone to Shrewsbury Town. Bobby Thomas has gone from Burnley to Bristol Rovers. Dijon Sterling has moved from Chelsea to Stoke. Um, Matty Longstaff scored on his debut against Manchester United, uh, but it's going to be a while until he does that again. Matty Longstaff has moved all the way down to Colchester from Newcastle. Bailey Sloan has moved from Clitheroe to Accrington Stanley. Scott Quigley has moved from Stockport to Rochdale. Luke Mbete has moved from Man City to Huddersfield. Alex Gilby, linked to Swindon Town in the last couple of days, has gone from Charlton to Stevenage. Yeah, why would Charlton send someone back in the other direction? Um, anyway, we'll leave that one there. Tim Iro... <laughs> Easy for me to say. say. Tim Iro... Irog Bunyam has moved from Aston Villa to QPR, whilst Dimitrios... Pelkas has moved from Fenerbahce to Hull. Christian Marquez has moved from Wolves to Forest Green. Gassam Adame has moved from Burton to Ipswich. Dennis Politic has moved from Cremonese to Port Vale. Whilst Panuche Kamara has moved from Plymouth to Ipswich. Um, Kellen Watts has moved from Newcastle to Peterborough. Martin Kelly from Crystal Palace to West Bromwich Albion. Jacob Chapman. Huddersfield to Salford. Elliot Thorpe, Luton to Burton. Ethan Galbraith has moved from Manchester United to Salford. Um, Dinell Simu has moved from South Southampton to Tranmere. Javen Anderson, Lazio to the Pox up the road. Max Waltman, by the way, sorry, like, what the hell is going on there when Oxford are signing players from bloody Lazio? You know that the world's gone mad. Max Waltman, by the way, has moved from Liverpool to Doncaster. Matty Virtue from Blackpool to Lincoln. Ex-Swindon Town loanee Harry Smith has moved from Leighton Orient to Exeter. Jordan Bayer has moved from Borussia Mönchengladbach to Burnley. Odin Bailey, Birmingham to Salford. Jaden Wareham, Chelsea to Leighton Orient. Tom Fellows, West Brom to Crawley. Dan Butterworth has moved from Blackburn to Port Vale. Uh, Lewis Richardson, Burnley to Grimsby. And Dior Angus, what a wonderful name, Dior Angus. We can have Angus McDonald. We can have Rob Angus. But Wrexham have to go and sign Dior Angus. Of course they do for the money that they've got. Cole Winchester, Sunderland to Shrewsbury. Harvey Vale, Chelsea to Hull. Callum Robinson mentioned him earlier. West Bromwich Albion to Cardiff. Uh, Harj Nunga has moved from Portsmouth to Gillingham. Brian Fear Bamer has moved from Chelsea to Forest Green. Danny Grant, Huddersfield to Harrogate. Will Osula, Sheffield United to Derby. Liam McCarran, Stoke to Port Vale. Zach Emerson, Brighton to Blackpool. Tom Edwards, Stoke to Barnsley. Liam Shaw, Celtic to Morecambe. Uh, Caleb Chuck, Wum Chuck Wumaker has gone from Aston Villa to Crawley. Uh, we just talked about Romani Edmonds Green has agreed a low move to Wigan Athletic, whilst Finlay Stevens has switched Brentford to Swansley. Uh, Tahith Chong has moved from Middle uh, Manchester United to Birmingham City again. Ryan Broom, <laughs> the Ryan Broom, the, for some reason Swindon fans like to create rumours about. Ryan Broom, Peterborough to Cheltenham, just up the road. Josh Coley, Exeter to Harrogate. Um, Kayendra Simmons, uh, Birmingham City to Grimsby. Clark O'Dor, 
Barnsley to Hartlepool. Uh, Sam Fowler in Middlesbrough to Harrogate on loan. And we've got some whopping Premier League deals. Anthony has confirmed his move from Ajax to Manchester United for £82 million. Manuel Akanji has moved from Borussia Dortmund to Manchester City for one of those lovely undisclosed fees. Voot Faze has moved from Reims to Leicester for undisclosed. Willie Bowley, Walls to Forest, undisclosed. Uh, Lavin Kurzawa has moved from PSG to Fulham on loan, whilst Idrissa Gay has returned to Everton from PSG for an undisclosed fee. Uh, Willian, 34-year-old winger of ex-Chelsea and Arsenal, has moved, completed his move from Corinthians to Fulham on a free. Leander Dendonka, one of the earlier movers today, has moved from Wolves to Villa for 13 million quid. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has gone to South Southampton on loan from Arsenal. Arthur Mello, we mentioned earlier, signed for uh, Liverpool on loan from Juve. Uh, the James Garner deal has been confirmed as a £9 million transfer. We talked 15 earlier, but it's in fact £9 million from Man United to Everton. Juan Larios has moved from Manchester City to Southampton for £6 million. And last but very much not least, Samuel Adozi, Manchester City to Southampton for £10 million. Well, we talked earlier about £1.6 billion have been spent in the transfer market before tonight had kicked off. I mean, that's just gone absolutely bananas. I mean, Gabs, what do you make of that? As somebody that sort of, sort of splits his time between, uh, between the county ground and Stamford Bridge, that is an obscene amount of money and an awful lot of transfers, isn't it? I saw something actually earlier. He's probably gone up now. But like, I think the combined net spend of the Premier League was like over a billion. And like the second next league like out of the major leagues was Spain with like 55 million. Just the difference is insane. But, mm. but I think so far this season, you can kind of tell that the quality of the Premier League has gone up. I say the only real team that I've seen so far where I'm like, Christ, no one's touching them is probably City. Mm. Even though Arsenal have got 100%. Yeah, I mean, it, some just some proper eye-catching moves. I mean, really does underlie the, um, underline the Premier League as being the destination, um, you know, for, for big money transfers, for money being splashed about. Um Sorry, got to just break away. This uh, come back to another couple of texts here. Mitchell Singh, Mitchell, good evening, buddy. Uh, Mitchell saying that apparently Hibs are reporting that it was Swindon Town um, that's causing delays to this deal by suddenly asking for more. We saw that Doidge had gone and therefore knew we had them by the balls. <clears throat> interesting, Mitchell. It'd be interesting to know what the source for that story is. Um, Really keen to know. Uh, I've got about fifty Hibs fans in my DMs, Hannah's as oh, have you? one of one of the sources. Fifty oh. of the sources. <laughs> hey, I'm getting dogs abuse. Go on, let's get one on here. Let's get one live on the mic now. Yeah, we'll offer about. Yeah, yeah. See if we can see if we can get a Hibs fan on tonight. I'd love to hear from a Hibs fan. I think Nathan's one of Nathan's mates is a Hibs fan. He's listening in. So if you're listening, mate, uh, come on. In the meantime, we'll go to a tweet from Hank. Hank says, still no announcement on Wardy. So will he be off? Now, OK, brilliant. I'm so chuffed that you raised that. Um, Rachel, are you with us at the moment still? See if we can get Rachel on. I appreciate Rachel's, Rachel's dealing with a few, juggling a few uh, balls tonight. Rachel, are you about? No? Right, OK. Let's see if we can get... Um, I'll see if we can get Ellis back on. Ellis... 
what's your what's your thoughts on um um on uh, Wardy um and any kind of rumor about Wardy leaving because obviously the window the window's come and gone now we still haven't had any reports or even any rumors apart from the very very early one early in the show about Ward departing for Sutton how how are you feeling about him buddy if he if he stays you're quite happy to see see, see Wardy stay on the books oh yeah more, more than happy but fr- from his end it's understandable, you know. He 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 obviously wants to be number one, um, and with Sol Brin um, pulling off the performances that that he's been doing um, week in week out, um, it's going to be tricky to get in to get in the side. Um, I know he, I know he got a, a run out um, in the in the Pizza Cup, um, but yeah, you can't really blame him from his point of view for 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 wanting to be number one. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, the way I would look at it is really quite straightforward. I'd be saying to to Wardy, listen, at the end of the day, Sol Brin's a lone goalkeeper. Um, appreciate he's out of contract, as I believe is the case at the end of the season. Um, but there's no guarantees that he's going to be here past, past Christmas, as we've mm. learned previously. So what's the point in leaving? I don't know whether we would attract the kind of money for Wardy either that would even make it worth our while seeing him go. Um, Gabs, are you are you of a different opinion? I appreciate you just shared something there, mate. Do you want to bring that alive in, um, in person? So basically, Sutton announced two hours ago that they're going to make a deadline day sign-in, but haven't announced anything. So... I'm assuming that is Ward. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, very strange. That, very strange, unless their admin's forgotten the password. Well, it might just be a case, like we said, about getting a deal sheet in. Um, but for whatever reason, um, whether it's a negotiating the fee, and obviously we've had a busy night, um, maybe for us, um, you know, if, you know, relatively small fee for, for, for Wardy is not necessarily going to be taking uh, priority. Uh, well, we've got, Mike, we've got Mike back on, haven't we? And he mentioned earlier on that he saw... Wardy at the county ground, so it must have been a late deal because at the county ground a few hours ago. Yeah. Mike, what 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 was Wardy's demeanour, mate? How did he seem to you? Was he his usual chirpy self, or you know, did he did he look otherwise distracted? I got, I got a bit. So like when when we saw him, he was on the phone and he was looking very focused. Um, he wasn't really talking too much. He seemed to be sort of listening quite intently, and he was doing stuff as he as he was listening on the phone. So he's like, he went back into the county ground, grabbed some stuff put it in the car, then he got in the car all, all while he was on the phone and, uh, you know, drove off. And, uh, you know, I was, I was with the two other guys there at the time and it did sort of seem like he was uh, off off for good. So it wouldn't surprise me if they are sort of waiting on um, getting that deal sheet in and then uh, getting the deal over the line. Well, one, one club that I've just been a little bit busy, I've noticed, is um, Southampton have made a double sign-in. They've signed Jan Bednarek on loan from Southampton and they've also signed Duje Coletta Carr. Um, Barcelona, Barcelona are announcing the free transfer signing of Hector Bellerin from Arsenal, uh, whilst Fulham have announced the permanent signing of Benfica um, Benfica first team player Carlos Vinicius. So um, there, there is a little flurry of deals starting to come through. So again, we'll keep our eye out for um, we'll keep our eye out for Wardy. But Wardy had a very, very difficult game, didn't he? Um, in the in the uh, John, uh, I keep wanting to call it the Johnson's Bank, the Papa John's Trophy. Um, he and there were, you know, the the, the you know the absence of um, of Dion Conroy sort of in front of him as an outlet was was flagged as a possible reason as to why he's struggling this season with his distribution. Um, you know, long range passing isn't isn't his strength. Um, 
it's it's been a it's I mean it's been a very it must be a real disheartening sort of situation for Wardy to find himself in. He's he's seemingly not really done anything wrong, has he? And um, and here he is at the start of the season, a young young youth goalkeeper from you know from Middlesbrough comes in, takes his place, um, and and when he's been given the opportunity to sort of you know get the gloves back on, he's not necessarily covered himself with glory. I'll um, I'll put that to you, Max. Like if you were Wardy, what would be going on in your head at the moment? Hello, Max. Are you still there? Have we lost you? All right, Max. We may well have lost you. Let's see, Joe. Have I still got you, mate? All right, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, hello, Max. There he is. Just saying about Wardy, like, what, what would be going through your head at the moment if you were Wardy? I'd imagine it, it can't be anything major because apparently, like, his pitch was done earlier and it was agreed, and I can't imagine we're asking for a massive amount for him, and we've signed his replacement, so... And... It, and Sutton wouldn't have said to admin, "I'll put this teaser out if they, if it wasn't ready to go." So yeah, so you, we we you pretty much think that it's 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 a situation he's not going to be willing to tolerate, just hanging around in the in the stiffs at Swindon. He wants to he wants to be a first choice somewhere, uh, and off he goes. Um, yeah, and good luck to him. Like he's he was a bit unlucky in preseason that Brins come in, and Brins obviously kind of done so well. And but Wardy's played two games and has dropped clangers. So you know it's. It's unfortunate, but that's kind of the way the the dice have fell for him. But he'll do well at Sutton. He'll do well at another League Two club. We couple, saw that from last season. Couple, couple new, a couple of extra deals appear, appear to be breaking. So, uh, uh, Gilmore, Billy Gilmore has um, passed a medical uh, ahead of a loan move to Brighton, and Dan James has passed a medical ahead of a what looks like could be a permanent transfer. From uh, Leeds to Fulham, Arch is waving furiously at me. What have we got, Arch? No, it's, it's, it's nothing important. Oh, it's nothing important. No, I was just trying to show well, you something. Toilet break. Right. What else? Um, what else we got going on then at the moment? We've got. Um, let's have with a look. The, um, the deals think- you mentioned, Hannah's with the with Fulham signing Vinicius Junior. Um. That's off the back, isn't it? Of ju- uh, is it Justin Clivert, Patrick Clivert's son, who was meant to sign for Fulham the other week or the other day, and he got rejected because of his um, his visa not sort of oh, yeah, fitting yeah. the Brexit rules. Yeah, it's quite an interesting story. I think that's the first transfer I've seen sort of post Brexit that's been blocked because of Brexit. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, yeah, one of those deals. Yeah, the way that it was being flagged is that. Yeah, it would be an it would have been an absolute tap in ahead of um, ahead of Brexit. I tell, mm. you, I tell you what, I did want to do. I wanted to spend a little bit of time looking at departures that we've had in this window, um, and um, whether it, I mean, again, over our various shows that we've done, um, we've sort of debated them at length. But um, probably worth a little bit of time because they've all had a bit of an opportunity to settle in at their new clubs to varying degrees of success. So we've had uh, Rob Hunt has obviously departed and gone off to Orient. Jack Payne's gone to Charlton. Woolacott's gone to Charlton, Egbo's gone to Charlton, Conroy's gone to Crawley, and Adi, uh, Akin Odimayo has gone to Northampton. Um, I think it was, um, Joe, I'll, I'll get your take on this, because the Manny Egbo was a little bit of ca- a case of sort of wretched luck, wasn't it? But um, yeah, he's not really had an opportunity to um, impress himself because he got himself crocked in what I think was his second pre-season friendly at Charlton. Yeah, he was in a boot, wasn't he? So it looked pretty bad at the time. Um, I've not seen anything in terms of sort of detail of what the injury was, 
Um, obviously, the fact that he's not training, he's not obviously in anywhere near the squad is kind of telling. It's, it's really sad because, I mean, the man, can he can absolutely cut it at that level and probably above as well. Um, when he came into the Swindon side last end of last season, genuinely, he... He sort of fit in seamlessly. There was no, there was no sort of, uh, sort of fitting in period or or settling down. He just came in. He stormed it. He was probably our best player for the last two or three months of the season. Yeah. Um, and I think I can't imagine how hard it is, let alone coming in in January to sort of fit in and gel with the squad and make an impact. But to come in sort of towards the end of February, March time, and to do what he did, it was just fantastic. And you know. Yeah. Best of luck to him. So, um, Pete Jenkins has just tweeted. Hello, Pete. Good evening to you. Pete says, uh, the Derbyshire Reds um, are happy with deadline day signings at Swindon Town. They believe cashing in on McCurdy and replacing him as we have is good business. Um, Hank's been back on. Hank said uh, Massimo could be off to Reading. So, yeah, Massimo Luongo has long been linked to Reading throughout this window, but there's been no announcements on it yet. I still don't think that's official. Arch, could you have a look at that for us, see if you can find out about Massimo Luongo? Um, Pete Marsh has said he doesn't think that Lindsay had the same patience as Garner did for Harry. A move would probably be for the best. Um, Yeah, Jason's just highlighting the Billy Gilmore deal to us, that Billy Gilmore to Brighton is now looking like a £10 million permanent transfer. Very interesting. Mitch, so still nothing confirmed on Massimo Luongo. We can confirm. Mitchell Singh is saying, tedious link, but my friend is a Hibs fan and he has family that work at the club. I messaged him saying, why is your club so scummy? His reply was, I can assure you, it's Swindon who have moved the goalposts. He then went into more detail, but they could be saying that to save face. Quite possibly, Mitchell. Keep us posted, Mitchell. You're going to get the right story, are you? Mitchell. Both sides are going to have their own story. Okay, so SJ has tweeted to say, uh, everybody knows that McCurdy to Hibbs is back on? Question mark. Um, So I'm not sure whether you do or you don't know uh, there, SJ. But um, yeah, there seems to be a volume of tweets coming through that the the deal is going on. Lad from Banbury, the lip sneaks. Yeah, okay. We've got another Swindon Town announcement that Arch is hopefully going to be breaking. Uh, It's just a photo of him, so I can't. Just a photo at the moment. It's the Banbury lad. Got his name. Morgan Roberts. Morgan Roberts. Right. So um, John Saunders. Hello, hello, Camel. Hello, Camel Saunders. Good evening to you, buddy. And John is saying Wardy weren't even a game, weren't even a Ghana signing. So I guess no good with his feet. He's not really been in the plans for a long period. Um, Aiden's been tweeting again. Aiden says, "Good evening, Aiden." Aiden says the Ward Bryn situation is very similar to Bender and McCormick situation a few seasons ago for me. The first team keeper isn't being used because a lone keeper is performing exceptionally well. Wish Wardy the best at Sutton, even if he ends up there. Yeah, here, here, Aiden. I think if Wardy does go. Um, he goes with our best wishes. Wardy um, came on the show um, a few weeks back now, was very, very open, very, very honest, a really, really genuine guy. Um, has a lot of time for Swindon Town, Swindon Town fans, just an all-round good egg. Um, and, you know, I appreciate he's dropped a few clangers of late. Um, but um, certainly, I think the balance of his overarching performance for Swindon Town far outweighs any clangers that he has dropped. Ben McCabe. Ben says, I think it's been done. I We think he's talking about the McCurdy deal there. We're just waiting on an announcement. Um, 
Lewis Ward deal is done, according to Jason Lane. And the McCurdy deal sheet has gone to the Scottish Premier Football League. So we'll keep an eye out on that. Uh, sorry, Glenn. Glenn's saying that he's lost sound. I'm just going to have a quick check-in with the guys to make sure that's not the yeah, case. Yeah, all good. Can hear you. Yeah, we're all sounding good. That's good to hear. So, um, yeah, I mean, so we go back to um, players that have departed Swindon in this window. Um, and we just discussed um, Manny Egbo, someone that is making an impression, I can vouch, living just down the road from Charlton, is Jojo Woolacott, head of the World Cup. Jojo seems to be delivering his best form for Charlton at the moment. Um, I think, um, Ellis, I'll get your view on, on Jojo. I, I can't really be surprised that Jojo's turned it on for Charlton. Jo, there was never a doubt Jojo was a top quality goalkeeper, was there, albeit he clearly had a few distractions towards the end of last season. No. Um, yeah, yeah, but spot on. He's a, he's a, he's a great keeper. Um, and like you said, I'm not surprised that he's um, that he's managed to pull it off in League One. But um, from what I've seen, I think Solbrin's just as good. So, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy with our keeper. Over the moon. And yeah, I mean, there's no no use. I mean, certainly this exercise of talking about the players that have gone. It's not a question of crying over spilt milk. Um, more a question as to who seems to be sort of doing well and who isn't. I'll tell you what, while I got you on, Ellis, we'll talk a little yeah. bit about Dion Conroy because I think Dion Conroy wouldn't have expected the sort of... Um, the difficult start to life at Crawley that he's experiencing. A lot of people um, were hoping that their crypto sort of propped up club was going to be doing a lot better than they are, but they've had a wretched start to the yeah. couple yeah. of couple of recent results aside. And obviously Dion, Dion Conroy has been um, right at the centre of their side. So um must be a difficult one for, for Dion because he's looking at us experiencing in different form and he's looking at his new club pretty much in the same boat. Um you know, it's not like he's he's going to be feeling good about things either way, is he? It's just a... <laughs> no, yeah. Tricky situation for him. Yeah. There's not a lot of love, is there, really, out there at the moment for Crawley with crypto? No. I wouldn't go so far as to say that crypto money has pushed them into the MK Don's bracket of pariah status. But um, it, it seems like with, with, a, with a lack of understanding around crypto... Lots of people sort of seem to be viewing Crawley and crypto with a certain with the certain levels, same levels of suspicion. But um, yeah, suffice to say, if you were Dion Conroy, what would be going through your head at the moment, um, uh, uh, Ellis? What would you be thinking? Um, I would be a little bit nervous, um, and possibly regretting it. Um, I think at the end of last season, um, Con- Conroy played really well for us. Um, you know, he had his a, f- a few spells here and there where maybe he didn't perform as well as he could have. But towards the end of the season, him and um, Belgium at the back were were what we needed. And uh, maybe maybe this move to Crawley has sort of burst that bubble, if you'd like. Yeah, I, I think that the, the problem with him going to Crawley is always going to be one of... I think there was a lot of sympathy that um, Dion benefited from uh, because he had fought his way back from injuries. I think that, that there was just a certain level of understanding with Swindon fans. Yeah. And I think it was more an alarming dipping form as opposed to anything that kind of got 
got people on his back and a, and a perceived lack of discipline as well around the time of the um, Barrow game where yeah. people started asking questions. And, and I think when Dion got back into the team, it was almost by a necessity, wasn't it, really, as opposed to um, having earned his place because we were just bereft of centre-backs. I mean, if you had said in the early part of the season that we would have finished the season with Bowdry and Conroy, I think most people would have said you're absolutely bonkers. Um, <laughs> but but nonetheless, both of them came back in. You know, Matt's been on the show and explained what his mindset was and how he rediscovered, um, you know, his love for the game. And and I think with, with Dion, um, it was probably, probably something similar, really. I think he just got his head down, had to play football. Pro- maybe he was playing for a move. We're never going to know. Um so Akin Odimeo to Northampton. Now Akin has been playing a lot of football, but he's just been getting his head down and getting on with it. Um, all right, we've got a couple of announcements, Archie's saying. Go on, Arch, what have we got here? Uh, Lewis Ward has just been announced at Sutton United. Have uh, we got any detail on that move, Arch? Um, uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. So at the moment, we've got top line. Undisclosed fee. fee to Swindon, uh, from Swindon Town to Sutton. Uh, and Morgan Roberts, I'm seeing, is also being. I'm also being tweeted. I'm also being tweeted that Morgan Roberts, his deal from Banbury has also been confirmed. It looks like I've been tweeted. It's a two-year deal for Morgan Roberts. So again, if we get more information on that, we will certainly share it with you. But um, I don't know who wants to. Who at my panel wants to contribute about Akinodomeo? So um, it was one of those players. I think his versatility was something that we always wanted to sort of, if we could, keep around the squad. But he's gone to pastures new, and he's doing really well at Northampton, playing a lot of football. Um, I don't know whether that's um, Gabs. I know you've always had an opinion on um, on Akin. Um, what's uh, are you surprised to see him sort of go up to Northampton, slot in, and, and be doing as well as he is? I'm not too honest. Now he's got time playing at centre back. I think the departure of Fraser Horsfall to Stockport helped that as well, because that kind of mm. freed up a space for him to go in. But yeah. um, to be honest, playing along someone like John Guffrey, um, you know, Pusey lad, very tall, you know, big inexper- tall. experience, been around the block. You know, I think almost playing next to someone like that, you are going to grow in confidence. You are gonna, and especially as well, he's going into a winning dress room. So it's not he's gone from one dress room at Swindon, who he used to win into another one, and I think yeah. sometimes that helps as well. Yeah, I um, I personally was quite disappointed when I when I saw that he was moving, because um, I, I I think Olimé is a, a great player. I, I think he, I think he pulled out some good performances for us last season, and I I would have liked to have seen him sign on again. Yeah, I agree. I felt a bit sorry for him the fact that he was always put on the right wing when you could tell he was. You could just tell the way he played that he was a natural centre back. Yeah, and when and when he did play centre back, he he didn't do nothing wrong. Mm. Mm. Yeah, this time last season he was linked to Pompey. Then he yeah. went to Pompey on deadline day. Yeah, um, guys, Kevin's tweeted us to say Conroy was our rock. I can't fault Dion Conroy for his efforts or his commitment. No, I think. Listen, Kevin. I think I'm, I think most Swindon Town fans will be will be with you in wishing Dion all the best moving forward. I think um, you know we. I think Dion's dip in form coincided with sort of two or three results that really, if you look at our situation at the end of the season, you know we look back with a lot of regret, like it really, really cost us. Um, and I think Dion was probably... I mean, we love a scapegoat at Swindon Town, don't we? And I think Dion, you know, very quickly became that. 
Um, and I think whilst he sort of gave off the, the veneer, you know, the veneer that, you know, it didn't really bother him. I think it probably did bother him. Um, and I think it, the thing about Dion last season was that's probably the most amount of football he's probably played in his career. Um, and that for his body would have probably been pretty tricky. Um, Aiden's uh, tweeted to say, um, oh, sorry, Aiden, sorry, we've already covered that off, buddy. The, um, hello, the boys from uh, the Fools Rush In vlog have uh, tweeted to say, we're more than happy with today and in turn our window in general. The season starts properly again from now. Let's do this. Here, here. FRI, I completely agree with you. Um, trying to get some more information about um, Morgan Roberts. What I can tell you is that uh, Tans has seen him playing for Banbury and he is waxing lyrical about him. We're getting so many texts in at the moment that my Twitter is refusing to um, refusing to load and refusing to update. Um, so I'm going to try and get into those as soon as I can, Tans. But yeah, Tans is basically saying we have signed an absolute baller. So we'll keep half an eye on that. I've got a feeling we'll probably end up in a situation where it's like another Ricky Aguiar, um, where he's going to take a little bit of time to acclimatise and then hopefully he will be away. Um, another deal seems to be breaking. Um, Wolves have um, confirmed the signing of Bubakar Traore on loan from Metz in France. And Glasgow Celtic have signed um, Oliver Abilgard on loan from Ruben Kazan. Um, so deals still being announced uh, left, right and centre. Take this back to my panel. Um, guys, are there any other moves that are, are catching the eye or that you feel are, are worth debate? Or are there is there anything that we are, are missing here as we approach the anchor leg of our show, our mammoth show this evening? What about... Uh, Nottingham Forest have made two more signings. Incredible. Tell us about Bloody hell. <laughs> Serge Aurier and someone called Bade is signed. I'm not sure who the other one is unless anyone, anyone else can fill me in. Is Mitchy coming as well? I know Mitchy. No, so Fabrizio Romano just tweeted saying that Mitchy deals um, collapse at the last minute because documents weren't sent in, sent in oh, time. So they were going to make another three sign. They were going to make another three signings rather than just another two. Mitchy Baswai is going to end up at Crystal Palace. We all know it. <laughs> <laughs> This has got to be some sort of Premier League record for the amount of signings in a summer transfer window. It's all. And you know, yeah, it, you know they'll be struggling. It's but you know they'll struggle and sign more in January. It's oh, just, it's, it's just come through that it, uh, a total spend of two point one billion. Two point one billion. And um, Chelsea with a record topping two hundred and twenty-eight million net spend. Great stuff. Still ruining football after all these years. Gav, you are living <laughs> in the in 2003. I'm, I'm waiting for Todd Bowley to say, you know, the famous words of, did we overspend? Well, maybe, but we lived the dream. Well, I'll tell you what, Gabs, Gabs, Gabs I'll, I'll be really, really interested in your view here of Todd Bowley. So, obviously, you've gone from, you know, oligarch money um, and the Abramovich era into American money uh, and the LA Dodgers. What's um what what's your what's your general feel? What's the vibe around the place? Because I, I hate to use the phrase willy waving, but I can't help but think that Bodie's come in and this this enormous spend is just to put everyone's mind at rest that Chelsea have still got that level of clout in the market. He's making big statements, isn't he? It's a combination of that and the fact he's had free reign. You know, he's had to pay for the club. He's had to inherit no debts. So he's pretty much given free reign to do what he wants. I think if there's anything that I've learnt from this transfer window is he probably needs a director of football 
just because you know he's i think there's one stage where he's flying all over the country trying to secure deals um but to be honest he's worked with the dodgers he's done a bit of work with the lakers as well so he knows the sports business he knows how to close out deals and negotiate but i think sometimes you need i think you know having check in that sort of position helping with operations does does aid but um in terms of the spend I, to be honest i think it puts a lot of pressure on tuchel now because he's really really back tuchel so if he doesn't get the results now i think questions will be asked by the fan base yeah. Do you get the feeling that Todd Bowley's playing a bit of a a real life FIFA Ultimate Team at, at the minute? Oh, absolutely. But um, to be honest, it, it sounds ridiculous. It was kind of needed because they really messed up by the, the amount of free agents that went at the end of last season. It, it was ridiculous. So in a way, I think it, it kind of needed to be done. I don't think the sanctions helped as well because obviously they were after Kunde for ages and then sanctions happen so then obviously he had his head turned went to Barca so, but um, I think as well Leicester probably were licking their lips at the fact Chelsea lost to Leeds knowing that they could bump up that price a bit more as well and then I think the injury to Kante has kind of made Chelsea go right we need a CDM as well so obviously teams around Europe have gone right that's a way to fleece Chelsea as well so it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, really. People are complaining, Chelsea fans are complaining at the beginning of the trials the window, oh, why is he not making any signings? It's ridiculous. We need an overhaul. And then he's making these signings and spending this billion. And everyone's going, it's too much money. He's overrated. He shouldn't be playing this much. Play the youth, sir. <laughs> You're damned if you do, damned if you don't, really. But it's the same with every club, really, isn't it? You know, people swing the living going, oh, Clem needs to spend money. But then, on the other hand, you then got people saying, we need to be sustainable. So... Aubameyang is still yet to be announced as well, so that's another signing for Chelsea. Yeah, and Romano said that Dennis Zakaria is signing his contract right now. That was ten minutes ago. He tweeted that. Yeah, patiently waiting for those both. Yeah, there's loads. There is loads and loads of deals that are are popping up. And... One's just come through as well for Forest again. <laughs> Max, who was the who were the two players you mentioned earlier on? Um, Serge Aurier and. Bade was the name. Yeah, Josh uh, Bowler. Josh Bowler is another one. He's been signed, but they're loaning him straight back out to Olympiacos. So they've signed Josh Bowler from Blackpool, but they're sending him out to Greece. Right. Okay. Twenty-two then, players they've signed. Twenty-two yeah, players. Well, I mean, it's it's fascinating, <laughs> isn't it? Because obviously, ex ex ex, ex Nottingham Forest striker Simon Cox was on with us earlier. Um, and he was saying that you know certainly from a from an ex pro and club you know club favourite point of view, you know absolutely disgusted um, in in what they've done. Yeah, really doesn't like what they've done. Um, so I'm flowering up his language there. But I mean he was pretty pretty bloody sort of certain that he wasn't he, he wasn't happy to to see their approach. Um, they I mean, had a squad last year. They got promoted to the Premier League for the first time in twenty odd years. Yeah, um, I, think he's, I mean they had a lot of loans last year. Was yeah. their issue? Yeah, but I'd like to know actually from that team you took them up who actually still is there. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's for tomorrow big. morning. Well, I can Steve Cook, straight, that's it. Straight off the bat, I could tell you key players like James Garner obviously was on loan. Jed Spence was on loan. Um, Bryce Samba, they had they lost him in yeah, the summer because he wanted to leave. Um, Grab him. Yeah, and and a lot of those lads, I think we all know a lot of those lads in that Forest team. You know, you, you're probably talking. You know, but well, certainly finished below Bournemouth in the league, and we've just seen what's happened at Bournemouth in the Premier League. So, um, I'm not, I'm not at all surprised to see a, you know, a, a significant investment going into that side. But I mean, that's a, that's a 
I mean, he's he's rolling the dice, isn't he? Um, risk, isn't it? Oh yeah, big time. Because yeah. tell you now, if they don't, if they don't stay up, <laughs> yeah, then you've got all those weights in the championship. I'm I looking don't at think their squad list. Twenty two will be hanging around. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, so they've got a squad of 28 players and only eight of those players listed were at the club before this season started. And one of those is like their third choice keeper. So, I mean, you take it, take it as seven, really. Mm. That's one. I think Bournemouth, in a way, I know, I know who... It's kind of, they've kind of done a bit of a Norwich approach, haven't they? They backed Parker heavily um, last summer and in January. And then this summer, they've kind of gone, right, we need to park the brakes here. We don't really want to do a Fulham or Forest. Sky Sports are reporting now that Fulham have signed Dan James um, and it is a loan deal. It's not a permanent signing. There's Fulham signed Dan James from Leeds on loan. That's an interesting transfer, isn't it? That's a weird one. Like I was at Ellen Road a few weeks ago and I thought we had a really good game. Mate, Leeds signed Dan <laughs> James for 20 odd million in January. He, had, he, had, he tore us apart like, mm. a couple of weeks ago. And they have He's a decent player. They, they they made such an effort to pursue him. Obviously, they lost out. He went to Man United, despite the fact that anyone that watched the Amazon documentary would have seen that. Obviously, he was posing in the shirt and all sorts. And he he's not ended up going to Leeds, um, and he's ended up sort of going to Man United. He's then come back to Leeds, and they were like, "Well, this was always going to happen." And he's not lasted five minutes, has he really? Um, and they, and here he is at Fulham, who are another club who have made an absolute raft of signings. So just down the road, just down the King's Road from from your Chelsea lot, Gabs. Um, you know they're having a good go at it, aren't they? Yeah, we've got them next week as well. I'm telling you now, I'll be putting a lot of money on Willian scoring. Oh dear! Oh god! Gotcha. You know it'll happen as well, right? Oh. A little catch up for you guys. So we've got some. I've got a raft of deals that have just come through from the football league. So Anthony Scully has moved from Lincoln to Wigan for undisclosed. Josh Caroma has moved from Huddersfield to Portsmouth on loan. Alex Hunt has moved from Sheffield Wednesday to Grimsby undisclosed. Callum Wright from Blackpool to Leicester undisclosed. Lewis Warrington from Everton to Fleetwood on loan. Uh, Mikhail Hellick has moved from Barnsley to Huddersfield. Morgan Roberts from Banbury United to Swindon Town Football Club for an undisclosed fee. We have paid money for your boy, Morgan Roberts. Um, and Lewis Ward, yep, confirmed, has moved from Swindon Town to Sutton United for an undisclosed fee. And at the moment, um, last deal to be reported in the Football League is Riley Towler has moved from Bristol City to AFC Wimbledon. So um, another raft of deals. We'll try and keep across um, all the other deals as they break. But um, we were just sort of doing a little roundup of um, players that have departed Swindon Town in this window and how we're feeling about it. Um, Jack Payne, guys, I want to bring... So we talked about Akinothimo, we talked about Conroy, Woolacott and Egbo. Jack Payne, for me, is probably the biggest topic of conversation. I don't know who wants to seize this, grasp this nettle, but it's a it's a fascinating one because, to quote the club management, we made, they made Swindon Town have made Jack Payne a huge offer to remain at the county ground. And certain sources suggest that he would have probably been wearing the captain's armband this season had he stayed. He chose not to stay. He chose to go to Charlton Athletic with Ben Garner. And he's not exactly found himself as an automatic selection at the Valley, has he? So I don't know who want, who's got a um, a thought of um, uh, Jack Payne at the moment. My mate, my mate, he's actually a big um, Charlton fan. 
And um, I, I was sort of chatting to him throughout the whole sort of Bengana saga when, you know, he was being linked with Charlton and then obviously when he went and, you know, uh, some of our coaching staff was going as well. And then they started poaching. I think they started off with Egbo mm-hmm. and then obviously ended up with, um, you know, another another couple of our players. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Jack, with, with, Jack, with Jack Payne, I think, I think he was really important to the squad and... After after he left, I think he prioritised his football quite a lot. Like, like like he wanted to test himself at the highest level, and that's why that's why he turned down the money. So 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 for me personally, I I, I find it hard to begrudge him uh, of of that kind of like motive. You know what I mean? Like he, he obviously wants to just test himself at a high level. But my friend who who supports Charlton, he he said that um he did he he he, he thought that he wasn't going to get like a a guaranteed spot in the squad either. Um, I can't remember who it was. He said there was another another player who 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 paid uh, the same position. And he, he basically just thought he was a better Jack Payne anyway. So I'm not sure how he feels about the move. Um, maybe he's sort of having second thoughts about it now. But um, in, in terms of motivation, I don't I don't really begrudge him anything personally. Yeah, I think I mean it's an interesting one from from our perspective. Look, all we want, all we really want for Jack Payne is that is genuinely the best. And for us, I felt I felt we all felt that we got Jack Payne like as a football club. We got Jack Payne. There were a lot of clubs he's played for in his career. He spoke very openly about wanting to settle at Swindon, that you know, make a home for himself, that he'd flitted around a lot and he didn't want to do that anymore. So I think we all sort of saw the potential risks in going to Charlton. Um, and that, you know, going to Charlton doesn't necessarily equate even playing for Ben Garner as an opportunity to play, um, you know, you know, be an automatic starter. I think we've seen, you know, DJ's gone there. He's had a difficult time. Another Swindon Town favourite. Um, it's just not worked out for them. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a sad one. But um, uh, you know, I, I I genuinely of all the of all the lads that have gone to Charlton, I don't think any of them go with any really real bad wishes. Maybe with the exception of of the gaffer because of the way that deal was uh, seemingly done. But obviously, we 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 wish uh, Jack Payne all the best. Um, got a couple of um, texts rolling in as we're speaking. So um, uh, Louis Bailey is just talking about Billy Gilmore. So Louis Louis Bailey, hello Louis, thank you for this. Louis is just saying that Gilmore had to be a permanent deal because apparently. Brighton already had a loan player from a premier club and you're only allowed one. So they've had to sign Billy Gilmore on a permanent deal. Um, Tans talked earlier about the Morgan Roberts um, signing. So he's he's elaborating by saying, Morgan Roberts is a very, very good player. Impressed me each time I've seen him play for Banbury this season. Quick, technical, with an eye for goal. Well, that sounds like a little bit of me. So thank you very much. Um JJ saying, personally, thought Dion was a poor defender. He was great around the club, but that last contract was out of pity, in my opinion. Brilliant deadline from town tonight. I'm very, very happy. It doesn't happen often, eh? Um, yeah, JJ, to, to, to be fair, mate, I um, I think you're right. And I think that probably gives me an opportunity to dip back into our panel and ask them all the following question. And don't give me any of your splinters on the bum answers, guys. And don't give me any of your explanations. I just want a simple yes or no. Joe Vincent, are you happy with Swindon Town's window? Uh, Yeah. That'll do. Gabs, are you happy with Swindon Town's window? Yep. Rachel, are you listening in? Are you happy with Swindon Town's window? <laughs> yes, I am. Beautiful. Max, <laughs> are you happy with Swindon Town's window? Yes. Mike, how about you? Very happy. Ellis, how about you? We're winning the league. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. 
So, but, but, so, so, okay, Arch, 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 are you happy with Swindon Town's window? Um, yeah, actually, very, very nice, very, very good. Right, and I'm, I'm absolute, yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's a solid window. Okay, so I'm going to give a little bit of context here. I think the reason I'm so happy with our window is that a lot of the players that we talked about earlier, when we went through the lineup, um, or sorry, went through the signings for Swindon Town this season, and we talked about the hits and the misses. I think we are seeing Tom Clayton really starting to emerge as a absolutely super signing. Likewise, I think Ronan Darcy is going to come, uh, going to continue to develop and emerge as a really, really influential player. I am. Um, I saw enough of Reese Devine uh, pre-season against Woking to know that there's a player in there, certainly fitting into our system down the left-hand side. I believe Reese Devine, his back from injury, is going to be really good. Angus McDonald, I agree with one of the callers from earlier. I think Angus is really, really starting to grow into this Swindon Town side. Saidu Khan's been in and amongst the assists, and I think um, he is going to become more and more influential as the season rolls on. Jacob Wakelin has been delighting me, absolutely delighting me. Um, and Fraser Blake Tracy has just come from nowhere at Burton and looks the absolute part down the left-hand side. And of course, between the sticks, Sol Brin. So you then add to that the signings that we've added tonight. So Morgan Roberts sounds like a really, really interesting signing. Um, I don't know a lot about him, but clearly Tans has seen a fair bit. Um, and he's, he has described the kind of player uh, that warms our cockles at the county ground. Jeff Cott. Now, I'll tell you, I had no idea Jeff Cott was a Swindon Town fan. But if that picture from back in 2012 is anything to go by, um, that's going to absolutely delight Swindon fans from the outset. And the fact that we've got a ginger Pele, everyone's going to be over the moon to be singing that song at the county ground again. Um, we've obviously we've signed a player to slot in at right back, very much needed, um, because I think Romeo Hutton looks more of a winger, a winger stroke wing back than he does a orthodox fullback. So that's exciting. Um, and the signing of um, Roshan Hepburn uh, Murphy um, again, that's just bolstering the striking ranks. So I'm really, really, really happy with this window. Um, the watch outs are, as I said before, you know, Jeff Cott signing just because he's a big name and he scored a lot of goals. You know, we've had, we've had strikers come in and do that from further up the, further up the football period. It doesn't guarantee success, but nonetheless, yeah, very, very happy um, with our window. Um, if you have a text rolling in, um, another, another signing from a, uh... Nottingham Forest. Oh, oh come on. Now you're oh. just pulling my chain. Let's, <laughs> let's have it. Who is it? Who's this? I'm pissed now. Bade from uh, Renes. Oh, no. no. Ren. Ellis, Ren. Ellis, Ellis, yeah, Ellis, same Ellis. thing. We've already, we've already announced that, Ellis. We've oh, is it? It's just come oh. through. Sorry. Oh, I think oh, I just pronounced his name wrong. I've got a question for you, Hannes. Oh, go on. With all of these signers, then, yeah. is the pressure on Lindsay now? Uh, yeah, undoubtedly so, um, because there there are no excuses now, are there? I think I tell you who the who the pressure's not on. Um, having made these signings, I think the pressure is not on Sandro Di Michele. I think if you if you I I sat there forty eight hours ago and I was of the opinion this is arguably the most important forty eight hours in Sandro Di Michele's um, time at the football club so far. Um, I was I genuinely was um, I was really interested and intrigued by his signings prior to today, um, and I do believe that we are starting to see 
more than green shoots. I think we've seen a lot of encouragement from the from the bulk of those signings. There are a couple in there that are clearly don't seem for one reason or another to be working out, but I still felt they were intriguing. What I've seen from the signings tonight, you know, two of them have got the right kind of pedigree. But my only watch out on that was Islam Farouz had the right kind of pedigree. Charlie Colkett had the right kind of pedigree. Um, they weren't the right kind of player for Swindon Town in the end, and it and it went horribly wrong. So that would be my only watch out. I think, but I think that Sandro is now given a very nice balanced squad uh, to his gaffer, and I think. It, it, has, it has got to deliver. Like I think Scott has got to deliver. But to be totally frank with you, and I just want to be absolutely clear about this, and hopefully I've said this enough times now that people actually listen. Whilst I'm, whilst I'm very glass half full about Swindon Town on all things, um, and probably to a fault if I'm going to be really honest, um, I had said all the way along that I was going to reserve judgment on Scott Lindsay until we were a good ten games into the season. So whilst people have been kind of, you know, very happy to give him a lambasting as early as after pre-season and straight after Harrogate, I was a bit like, no, look, you know, I just don't think that's fair. Now, I got I got criticised by Charlie Austin because Charlie was saying, look, time is something that managers just don't get. And so I do take that on board. And maybe you know, I speak as a like as a former company director. Like I, I've employed a lot of people. I've, I've I've had to you know terminate people's employment. I've had to take people through disciplinaries, and it's not an easy thing. So maybe that affects my thinking. But I, I don't believe that you know such a, a an enormous um, sort of you know revamp of our playing squad, rebuild of our club. I, th- I think I don't think you can compare us to any other team that's just rebuilding on the pitch. We are rebuilding as a club, like, you know, we really, really are. I'm not going to use those words, we've got our club back, but we are rebuilding as a club, you know. So, oh, Gabs, it's a very, very long-winded way to answer your question. But, yeah, I do, I really do think that the pressure is on Scott now. I, I don't think it's do or die on Saturday. I do think there'll be a lot of pressure on on Saturday if we don't get a result, at least a point away to Gillingham. But, um <clears throat> I do think if it doesn't go away on Saturday and it doesn't go away against Newport, then, you know, especially after these these reinforcements, questions will be asked. Does that sound fair enough? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, I guess it is it's, it's a sensitive issue, like everything that's going on. I think there's a lot of people under pressure. I think Sandra, is, Sandra obviously, has probably been under massive pressure the past week to find the right signings. It looks like it look, looks like he has now. Um, I think Clem at the start, getting people, getting the right people in, getting Sandro in. Again, he would have been feeling the pressure all for this window, especially having to do from afar. We've done, and it seems like on the transfer, we've done well. So yeah, now, but yeah, the owners does switch over to Lindsay now. Yeah. Well, uh, what I'm going to try and do, I'm going to try and see if we can finish on a high. Because Ryan Whelan, we've got you listening in on the show right now. And it's an absolute treat to have you with us. And I'm going to try and see if I can challenge you to join us tonight, Ryan. Um, If you're able to send in a speaker request, mate, uh, we would love to be able to put a a voice to your name um, and see if we can get skinny on anything that you're covering at the moment in relation to um, either Harry McCurdy's transfer or anything else that's happened around the... uh, the county ground today. Appreciate it. If you're probably listening in on a laptop, Ryan, you may not be able to join us, but if you have got your smartphone, you're listening on a smartphone, if you can hit speaker request, buddy, uh, anytime in the next 60-odd seconds, we would be over the moon to hear from you. 
I've had uh, a chat with Ryan per, um, on DMs. I believe he's on a rather important phone call. So yeah. <laughs> yes, it would appear, it would appear to be the case. Um, suffice to say, I think if that phone call goes the way that we expect it to go, uh, there will be an announcement in relation to Harry McCurdy very, very, very soon. Um, but look, I mean, look, we promised everyone a show from nine o'clock until midnight. Um, and we have hit midnight. So um, by way of summary, I think if you had said to Swindon Town fans uh, by the end of the night, you were going to have Luke Jeffcott, you were going to have a right-back signing in Marcel Lavinier slotting in at right-back, you were going to have a another striker in Rochon uh, Hepburn-Murphy, um, a winger in Morgan Roberts, um, I think most Swindon Town fans would have probably bitten your arm off. Um, it does appear <clears throat> that that trade does seem to be seeing uh, that we're going to be saying goodbye to a talisman in Harry McCurdy, which is no doubt going to lead to some emotional tweets and fallout tomorrow. And it does seem that, well, we know now that um, a um, very popular goalkeeper in Lewis Ward has made his way off to um, South East London, Surrey border and will be joining our League Two rivals Sutton United but um, I mean listen I can't think of a better way to wrap up tonight than to say thank you ever so much to everyone for joining in it's been an absolute mammoth crowd that we've drawn tonight it's been an absolute pleasure hosting Um, Joe I'll come to you first thank you ever so much for all your time buddy Um, you've obviously said you're very happy with our window Uh, is there anything you'd like to say to our baying crowds before we wrap up this evening Uh, no only thing I'd leave on would be whether or not Harry McCurdy stays or goes, if he goes, you know, we remember him as a, a sort of a a town cult hero. If he stays, then we're seeing his name on Saturday and we're giving him a big hug from the crowd onto the pitch. Shall we have um, a quick score prediction for Saturday? Oh, Ellis, you 13 nil town. You, you have to. <laughs> You absolutely. Have to move into uni. All right. Well. Oh, well, well, well. The smallest violin in the world is playing. All right, Arch. Will you give right. us your? You give us your. <laughs> Jules. Yep. Oh, it's Jules, isn't it? Oh, we've got to beat him at least three or four nil, just because. Like it's Jules. Simple. Yeah. Four yeah. nil. Okay. Four nil is is that's Archer. Go on, Ellis. What Jeff you got? Hatrick. Uh, Jeff got hat trick and a four nil win. What are you going with, Ellis? Three now, lads, lads. Three now. I don't want to take you back to Worth, but have you seen our record there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gabs, you, 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 you really, you. <laughs> have you seen signings we've made there? The, the, the worst thing is, right? One of my best yeah. memories following Swindon is at Gillingham when we lost the game three-one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, listen. I mean, you know, one of my more recent memories of of Gillingham, obviously living where I do. Literally right on the London Kent border, not a million miles away from Medway. Uh, it's you know five nil. Uh, it, that's that wasn't pretty. Oh, um, yeah. But then what a but what a beautiful season mm. that followed on. Um, but you know what? Harrogate. It, 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 Think about Harrogate. Exactly. It's it's directly relevant, Gabs. You took the words right out of my mouth. Directly relevant, I think, to this season. And I do think we're going to go on and continue to grow. I'm going to get off my soapbox because, Ellis, I still don't think you've... Have you given us your... your... Yeah, I, I said 3-0. 3-0. What are you going with, Mike? Uh, we're going to win 4-1. 4-1. Cost some big scorelines. Max, what are you going with? 1-0. Jeff Cott coming on as a sub and scoring that if minute. Oh, moist. Joe Vincent, what are you saying? I'll say 2-0, uh, Jeff Cott and Louis Reed because he's still knocking around, isn't he? Yeah. 
he certainly is. I mean, we've not even mentioned him tonight. How good is it that we've survived the window and not lost Louis Reed, by the way? Oh. I saw one tweet trying to gather some uh, going fishing, but yeah. never in doubt. Yeah, he, would, he wouldn't leave us. Well, he might at some point. No, you know, this is never. this is Swindon. Don't forget, this is Swindon. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Go on, Gabs. Then you, you give us your realist. <sighs> what, what, what's the realist thing you're saying? It's, it's gonna be. Oh. Draw, I'm thinking draw, but it would be we could smash and grab it. We oh, could smash on. and grab it. Go on, you said a cheeky one nil. Cheeky one nil. Oh, nice. And the, and the first lady of um, the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge, Rachel. Are you listening? If so, what are you um, thinking? Two one. Oh yes, two one. Scorers <laughs> from you, Rachel. Uh, Jeff got both. Oh, nice. Well, that 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 leaves me to that leaves me to to drop a prediction in. I, I I think like Gabs, I think it's going to be a smash and grab job. I think we're gonna we're gonna nick it two one. Um, but I think it will be a bit like Sutton um, last season. I think we're racing to a two 0 lead. I think they'll pull one back. But unlike the weekend where we couldn't hold on, I think we will hold on. And, um, yeah, I think Lavinia is going to be involved as well. I think he'll probably provide an assist. I think Jeffcott will be amongst the goals if he starts. Um, and it will be, yeah, 2-1. It will be Wakelin as well. Wakelin and Jeffcott with Lavinia amongst the assists. But there you are. Well, listen, absolute treat hosting you all tonight. That's so much fun. We enjoyed the last transfer window. This was even better. We have been sent, by the way, a note of apology uh, from Paul Caddis. I can't go into detail. Um, but um, yeah, Paul's Paul's been embroiled in a host of interesting conversations uh, this evening, which has kept him from us. But he sends his sincerest apologies, uh, not just to the show, uh, but to all Swindon Town. He's saying that he's uh, he's sending you all his best. We're always in his thoughts, and he's sending nothing but love and positive vibes to Swindon between now and the end of the season. Um, he's um, yeah, he's he's promising that he will be on the show. Um, very, very, very soon, where hopefully you'll be able to share a little bit more as to what tonight's all about. But um, anyway, listen, um, Tom Broadbent Lounge, we are an independent Swindon Town Twitter space. Um, uh, the views of the show do not represent those of Swindon Town Football Club or Sir Tom Broadbent himself. Absolute pleasure having you all. Thank you for those of you that have been on from start to finish. We wish you all the very best. Uh, enjoy Saturday. Um, I will be uh, tweeting very, very soon as to what our um, uh, show next week when we return on Wednesday will be all about. But I promise you, it will certainly involve Charlie Austin and a guest or two. But uh, take good care for now. Cheers to my panel. We'll and... meet again. <laughs> don't know where. Don't know where. <laughs> hey, what better way to finish? Take good care. Good night.